what you're at. I'm confused. Our chance of finally having a sponsorship. A, a sponsorship, um, a podcast that can finally be f- rated family friendly uh, on Spotify. 12 years of Polly, you know, not swearing, just yeah, down the drain. Just completely fucked. And God damn it. No! Fuck! Oh, shit! It keeps happening now. It's like this wellspring that just keeps ejaculating from my mouth. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Every episode starts like this. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's like the surest thing that things are like right. <laughs> you, you, you know, like back mm-hmm. to normal. Back to normal. We're good. Yep. We are right next door to hell. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. Hot girl summer. Yep. <laughs> when did we last podcast? We need to know because I'm looking at my June sixth. June sixth. Yep. Yep. Wowzers. And the thing, we were about to wait until at least August twenty second. Mm-hmm. But then I said, "Fuck oh. it. Who cares if I sound weird?" You don't oh, sound weird. Oh, oh my god! The last thing I talked about was Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, we oh went. I know. I. I figured it out. I was still talking about Trails this year when... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I even specifically remember where I was because I was, like, talking about all the fan service. Mm-hmm. I was still playing Trails from Zero when we last podcast. God damn it! <laughs> I think John is just finally checked out. ships on fire. He's finally checked out. These ships are not sailing. They are underwater. Mm. It's over. <laughs> the dream is... The dream does not continue. Nope. <laughs> like John's just like you know what third's good enough for me that's so sad that's so sad to even consider but it, 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 and it's, yeah, it's, it's, fun, it's funny that it feels like every week I'm seeing one new person on my timeline like, yeah okay finally finished the ninth game of the nine game series oh now in, in under eight months like Jesus Christ man <laughs> the like, the passion and the way that people just fucking rip through these games right now is not something John it, has no it's not <laughs> it's absolutely oh. not I'm being moved by other stories I think other things spark joy. Other things are sparking joy at the moment. I'll get back to it. I see even every between like every big thing I jump into, I play like one evening of Trails from Zero, and then I DM you all like, "Ah, oh, this is cute. This is so good. I love this." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I go back to, the, to some new thing. I don't think that happened last time because the last yeah, ninth of July was the last time you said anything about it. That was week and a half ago i guess yeah that's that's not terrible not actually wait no Uh-oh. it was fifth of july because i was the one making a oh, joke on you the, were the of one july. Ma- oh, okay yep 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 it's a little closer to two weeks that's, now yeah yeah oh lord <laughs> it's good. so funny because i that game like i tore through zero and like threw other stuff into the i'll get back to it later mm-hmm. garbage bin to make way Ooh. for it Nope, I'm the I've been the inverse. It's been a good time though. I started. That's the it... thing. You're always you're always just like I like it. I'm just not gonna get back to it. <laughs> yeah, someday. It's good. It's good. I like it. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. 
You see, there's a difference in tone. The way that you sell it, it can be like, it's good, or it's good. Yeah, cool. I agree. It was my game of the year, so. Yeah, well, yeah, if, if your intonation is up, you know, you're, you're pretty positive on it, I have to think. Yeah. But if it goes down, you know. Right, I think good. he did the down, though. It's good. No, he went, it's, it's good. It's really good, just like Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows. It's so good, y'all. Cool, I'm going to remove John Thayer from this podcast now. So this, since we took the break, this is Soxcast season two, and we're trying out some new hosts. Yeah, this time. Uh, yeah, we are definitely in the market for. It looks a like new... Beepner's available to hop on in. Beepner is always ready. He's always got plenty. Of, like he can tell us all about Quake Two. We got good stuff. I've still got stuff y'all only want to hear about. It's just not going to be not going to be trails ever again. Ever again. <laughs> So welcome one, welcome all. We're ca- we're back a little early. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were originally going to do this in August, uh, late August. Um, but I said to hell with that. If I sound weird, that's your problem. Um, welcome to episode forty, one hundred and forty one. I've already forgotten how to count. <laughs> Listen, podcasting is hard. Like you, you those training wheels got to go back on. We got to get the script back out and read it note for note. I don't remember how to do any of this shit. It's been like eight weeks or something since we did one of these. So, or is it six? That's nah, six weeks, somewhere around there. But yeah, this is episode one hundred and forty. We are back doing things. Uh, I suppose the way we usually do. I mean, seeing as that this stream started with a dick joke i think that <laughs> i think that that just kind of proves uh that 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 yeah we haven't lost a, a single step <laughs> in any of the downtime got we got good we got good good dick content for our lovely <laughs> listeners at home believe me none of that has changed for season two where there's going to be so much dick all the dick just dick like every other word is just gonna be dick now just dick and then i went to the dick mall i went to the dick mall they have dicks there. me and my friend dick and me and my friend dick went to the dick mall so i could so i could suck his dick so i could suck his dick right no we were shopping for dick in the dick aisle right right at dicks i forgot because <laughs> there it is, there it is. <laughs> i forgot to get that's me. an actual story yeah dick. i know that's why yeah. that's why okay. you nailed it Okay. I hope the I hope the I hope all the uh the the the, the subliminal sponsorships aren't obvious. <laughs> so welcome one, welcome all. We do this thing. I don't know. I think this one's probably going to end up running a little long seeing as we've been away for a while. So let's not like... <laughs> let's not dilly-dally uh too much, shall we? To my immediate virtual right, he lost his mind today. He left it out back on the highway. It's Rhett. Dicks. Dicks. How's sponsored it going? by sponsored by it, sponsored. It, it's going good it's going good you're we are we are gradually feeling this whole experience out again learning how mm-hmm. to podcast again i think we're kind of kicking the rust off though we're doing okay how are you yeah yeah doing good doing good doing just just fine just fine. just absolutely lovely couldn't couldn't ask for a better sunday to be recording 
an episode yeah. of this podcast with your best friends in the entire oh. world. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. There you go. Hey, good, good vibes here. Good vibes here. To my media. Yeah, that's another. That's another good. That's another good intonation moment because because you can feel you can, <laughs> depending on how you say that. Yeah, depending on how you say that, it could go real weird. You know, like <laughs> great another Sunday recording a podcast with my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a sincere moment. I think you're being. Sincere. No, that I think it was too. Oh, it absolutely yep. was. Absolutely mm-hmm. was. To my immediate virtual left, you'll be sucking down the Clorox till your life's all nice and crisp. It's John Byer. Hi. Hey. Did, I'm doing really well. You're doing really well. You got, you got so mm-hmm. much going on right now. You've so many, <laughs> you got so many plates in the air. You got, <laughs> you got shades on because the future's way too bright. <laughs> just absolutely unbelievable. I dashed, I dashed home from somewhere else to be to get here. Oh my! I was like, God. I was like waiting for the elevator at like four forty-five mm-hmm. central, just at four forty central. Like, all right, come on, come on. Two of them were out, so I was like, come on, come on. Oh, I have a podcast to get to. Yes, yes. People need to, I think, understand how important it is that you get home and do a podcast, lest. One of your podcast hosts gets very angry. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) definitely something that more people need to be aware of in your life uh, so that they hold you up less. That was an extreme, that was extremely a joke. Anybody listening? Yes, it was extremely a joke. (laughs) Intonation. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So who? wants to get things started i know john you've got so much shit going on did you want to like yeah. do you want to like start this thing off at the top and kind of explain what you got coming up here because oh uh, yeah all right so john promo time show us real hard on all your bullshit i feel like you can sort of neatly subdivide my arcs into two or three things depending on how much we want to talk about mm-hmm. um with one of them just being my arcade deep dive, which has just been going on for, a, oh, literally a month. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that one's been a while. Uh-huh. That's been my happy place. It feels like the new Castlevania. I think it's a happier place because I think that, like, when you get to There's those, more variety. When, yeah, when you get to those Egovania, shit gets, starts getting real <laughs> fucking boring. I was going to say real dark. That's when you know you're in a in a bad place. Well, yeah, really obviously, 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 the Egovania thing came from a dark place. But I also think that like the the, the method of entertainment you chose was really dire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. A, I had a much better time now. Good. So, God, I don't even remember how it started. It's been a fucking because it's been a fucking <laughs> month. Um, Gradius two. Um, no, because I think it started with Mushihime-sama. Oh, I think I would, I just okay, yeah, that, because, I okay, I yeah, that's where... I that one back up on a whim. Yeah, you picked that one back up, I think it was shortly after our last podcast, and I remember you deep diving into that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I played a bunch of it earlier in the year, mm-hmm. um, around when I was playing, um, around when I got Hellsinker and Eskatos and a bunch of other Ratchmups on Steam. Mm-hmm. And this is my first cave game I've kind of played intensely. Um, I think like 10 years ago when I first did a bunch of MAME stuff, um, I played a good chunk of Dodon Pachi, um, mm. but never like super competently. Like I was right. never, and I had, 
was never even like coming close to the one credit stuff. I was still kind of in quarter feed mode. Are you telling me you're not a Dodon Pachi super player? Why are you even? Why are you even on the shmup forums then? It's literally the <laughs> only game they the point? literally the only game they know how to talk about there. Uh, that's not true, Polly. They also like Dodonpachi Daioju. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and Dodonpachi Resurrection, which I played like 90 minutes of and was like, I don't like this, actually. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, but so I played Mushihime-sama and I played a bunch of that earlier in the year and learned like kind of learned the first four stages. There's five stages. Um, Polly did fight a, <laughs> did fight Hibachi on stream last night. <laughs> Um, and I just kind of picked this game back up and I was like, okay, maybe I'm closer than I, th maybe let's play some more of this. Just like, I'm going to keep pecking at this over the next year and then I'm going to beat it. Um, and instead over like a week, I just played a bunch of Mushihime-sama and I was getting better and better at the, it's, it's literally like one and two are easy. So there's three stages mm -hmm. and all of those stages have really hard parts yeah. where, it's, I, I think, I talked about Mushihime some of the first time on the podcast where I was like, okay, so this is, like, when you play a Toho, when you play a Toho or when you play a classic game, it's, there's a lot more, like, um, I want, I want to say, like, dodging, but just more, a lot of, like, reactive play, um, but when you get deep into Mushi, you're very concerned with, like, you're not just dodging bullets. You are targeting enemies in specific ways so that you can sculpt and and moving to sculpt the streaming patterns mm -hmm. in ways that are manageable. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a, a lot of it's a lot of aim, it's a lot of aimed shots that are coming in gigantic hordes that you are just basically manipulating by being aggressive with your play. Yeah. It almost it's it honestly like feels more slow paced in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, where uh, kind of slow paced and methodical, where it's just like all these bullets are coming really fast, but you are, but you're, the game is manipulating them. It's not just, oh, here's a big spray of bullet vomit, dodge it. Like, that's almost never the deal. It's mm -hmm. almost always manipulate things. Yeah. Um, and once you, once I kind of cracked that, I was like, oh, okay, I, this is, this is a different feel. Um, I kind of dig this. I kind of, I'm liking the vibe here. Um, and, I just played a big chunk of it and then I got through and I just got through the whole thing and one credit and it felt really good. Nice. And that was my first my first cave clear. Um also my first clear from not the nineteen eighties. Oh wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, like for some reason I like, I mean most of my clears were all of my clears were um Konami shmups on that arcade collection. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what you had at the time. It's what I had, but it also just it just resonated with me. Like I just liked the language of Gradius and right. Life Force and Twinbee. Mm. Um, I had fun mm. learning those games because I grew up with um, um, so with hor horizontal shooters. Yeah. Like I grew up with, um, I grew up with Blazon. And then when I was trying oh, to find Blazon boy. on the Wii Virtual <laughs> Console as a kid, I found R Type Three and was like, "Is this Blazon?" And then I downloaded it and was like, "This isn't Blazon. That's not Blazon. <laughs> no, no, no." And then I played R-Type 3 to death, and I was like, this might be better than Blazon. Somehow. <laughs> um, Somehow could it possibly be? 
And then I found R-Type and played that to death uh, on arcade and never never beat it, but like I learned a lot of it and it was really fun and satisfying. So that was, those were formative games for me. Yeah. But Mushi, like, Mushi feels different from Toho because that was the other formative game. I played a bunch mm-hmm. of Hori console games and I played a bunch of Toho mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, and Mushi feels different from that. It's, um, there's very little, the, the bosses are short. Um, which I wound up really liking because the bo- the stages are so hard. Well, yeah. Because because uh, the stages are about manipulating those enemies, um, and then the bosses are just like blasts of hard patterns. They go on for like a minute and a half, and then it's over, mm-hmm. or if that. Um, the meat of the game are the stages, which is very cool and different for me. Um, so I just had a fun a ton of fun learning this. I absolutely loved it. Um, all in all, like I think it's just a, a great fucking game, and I felt like it was a very like a pretty gentle entry level um ent- entry into this kind of into this kind of shmup just playing Mushi on original there's three difficulty levels yeah. um the second is maniac which is more slower bullets so probably like it's a little harder and more curtain fiery mm-hmm. um and then ultra which is just like the second loop which is the one for um you know weirdo super players yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know props to you but the ones that are like, oh yeah, we took ten years to figure out how to beat the last boss without dying. Like that's <laughs> that's the difficult. Like between everyone in the world or everyone in the country. Yeah. Um. So I had a, just a ton of fun with that. While I was at it, I cleared um Refrain Prism Memories, um, which is just like a, a short. It's a five stage Dojin shmup. Um, it reminded me a lot of Hellsinker, but it's a lot shorter. Yeah. Um. And it's one of those where the gist of it is you have bombs that respawn and you're not penalized for using them. You basically have a hyper um, that the game wants you to use and the game mm. is balanced around you using it. Mm. So it's it's one of those like brain brain melty shmups like anything like Reflex or Mars Matrix or anything where like you have a way around to just destroy bullets, basically. Yeah, like, Grace Counter is a similar kind of thing where you can literally mm-hmm. just eat most of the bullets on screen, uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, the game sort of plays around with that idea and that, like, you're still always in danger, but you yeah. have these really cool abilities, so... Yeah, I like... Yeah, Shmu- Great Fairy, I, I, Fairy Wars. Yeah, I like shmups yeah. like that, where there's a cool gimmick to you having a lot of power, but it's also very, very fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, and the vibe, like I said, reminded me a lot of Hellsinker, yeah. which is great because that's one of my favorite shmups ever now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my criticism with Refrain, um, it's it's pretty well regarded as I understand it. Yeah. But for me, the issue was it's a five stage shmup and it doesn't feel like it really starts pushing you um, oh. until stage four. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. And like that's like one stage too late. Yeah. And then and then the last stage, about half of the the first phase of the final boss is just like a long ser- like a 3 or 4 minute series of like static patterns that mm. don't really involve the hyper at all. Oh. Um so it doesn't feel like it's really pushing the 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 core language that's interesting about the game. Mm. Yeah. And then the last boss is, and the last boss is really cool. But then, and then stage five is short, leading up to the boss. So it's just like, like stage four is really good. Parts of stage five are really good, but I don't. I it, it feels a little too slight, I guess, mm-hmm. for me. 
Um, I, it felt like either it could have just been a smaller game and and kind of owned that more, or because it is like twenty five to thirty minutes, but it doesn't feel like it like that. It doesn't yeah. feel like it has earns that length necessarily. Mm. Um, so that was my takeaway. It's a very it's a very it's a pretty simple, gentle clear. I still like it, um, but it just kind of feels like the like the great fairy wars version of hellsinker but like worse than that because <laughs> it's like if it, like because that would be very good yeah but it's not quite uh, that, but that i still i still i think playing this one on the higher difficulties would be fun but it doesn't really have a training mode so that makes mm. that sound kind of exhausting yeah so it's like and and then while i was on a big long trip I just was like, pulled out my Switch, and I played a shit ton of Gradius 2. Yeah! I love I this video game. I forgot how much Polly loved this game. Yeah, it really rules, actually. It was very fun <laughs> talking to you about Gradius, and then you were like, oh, yeah, I mean, there's some Gradius games I like. Uh, you list like, <laughs> I like 1 and 2, and, and I like Life Force. Uh, I like um, 5, Gaiden. <laughs> Four. Uh, and then you just went through... Rebirth. The, and then you and then you went through the weird ones like Rebirth and Galaxies and then the Game Boy ones. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I guess I like this series a little more than I thought I did. Seems like you just really like Gradius, Polly. <laughs> despite the despite the fact that I think it's one of the most infuriating series ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a, I um So I played this like I played Gradius One and Life Force, which is just like, okay. I'm just going for the no miss. I'm just going for the one life clear. Um, here's here's my read on classic shmups, um, where they take away a bunch of your power ups when you die. Mm -hmm. And this is how someone explained it to me that made kind of made things make sense to me was like going for the no miss one loop clear is sort of like the entry into the game. Like that's the that is the first step. And then, like, high-level play is you want to do a bunch of loops. Yeah. And when you're doing a bunch of loops, you're almost always going to just glance a bullet. You're going to die. Yeah. And that's so for the high-level play, you're learning the recovery strategies for each checkpoint. Yeah. Which is much, much harder than just clearing the levels without dying. Mm -hmm. So the that's the that is the purpose of, the, of having lives at all, basically. Because it was, like, aesthetically, I didn't really understand it, is, like... This is the next level of play is being able to recover from a checkpoint. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not engaging with that because it's infuriating. <laughs> yeah. That, right, that's, I'm doing that's way too much. Yeah, it's too much. It's it's not what I'm interested in right now, which is just having a very strict but classic style shmup. Mm -hmm. And the thing with like something like Mushihime Sama is just like it's so much constantly that you're not really like trying to avoid ever making a mistake it's that you're trying to minimize your risk at any given time yeah um so i'm always going and then so by by bombing strategic by knowing when you should bomb um and then d manipulating the patterns and then dodging as best as you can when you need to um so you're just gonna die sometimes and that's fine and then some play players go for the go for the one life clear <laughs> cool um gradius is moment to moment there's almost nothing that is as strict as or hard or demanding or feeling like rng i guess i don't know as like 
stuff in Mushihime-sama, mm-hmm. and then it pays, and then the difference is that if you die, then you're fucked. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a different. I just kind of look at it as a different style of play. It's like, okay, I'm just going to learn these stages. They're very learnable. Um, they're very classic mm-hmm. in that sense where it's just like you can figure out where to be to avoid most of these attacks. And then there's going to be a couple parts that are hard. Yeah. And then there's a lot of safe spots on basically all the bosses that you can learn. Like um, enemy behaviors are relatively simple and easy to discern and kind of like, okay, I know, I know what I need to do here. Yeah. Like the, it was like um, it was like the second, maybe like the second time I got past stage four, I think in a clear, I beat the whole game. Like I beat I I beat the game the first time I got to stage eight because even though stage eight is really hard, if you just sit there with a save at the start of the stage and learn it, you've learned it. Yeah. Um, which is Helsing, which is also Hellsinker, um, which Mm. is a lot of um, games I, which is a lot of games I like because it's easier. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean I I think you could even argue that like Zero Ranger has a similar kind of, you know, get to it, oh, die sure. and then get back there again because you're just kind of learning the game as you go. Yeah. Zero Ranger feels a lot more like those older, sort of older shmups than yeah. like a modern bullet hell because it is about just you learn the game yeah. the way you would like a like a Contra or Mega Man like mm-hmm. it's very familiar and easy for me to understand it's just a lot harder than a lot of those games Mm -hmm. um and then it's just really fucking fun it's just extremely creative um the set pieces in gradius 2 go so goddamn hard yes um like the the whole back half of the game is just like high speed section boss rush like boss rush calling back to previous games and then stage eight is like two stages long it has a boss fight big boss fight in the middle of it mm-hmm. um and it's even longer in the nest version i found out they added an extra section yeah they added some nope. stuff yeah <laughs> um, i think looking at that lp i think that's because they removed maybe the speed section like it seemed like something was removed mm-hmm. to make up for mm-hmm. stage eight or stage nine i guess they're being gotcha. a little thing after the walker Cool. But the mu- like but that. the music slaps, so that's cool. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just fucking I I loved learning Gradius. I loved learning Life Force. I loved learning this. These are just, um, I I think it kind of does come down to them feeling a little bit easier and more learnable moment to moment. They're just a lot stricter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So there, it, it just there's sort of a very just a clarity to it where I'm not just like moment to. Moment, like worrying so much about resource management or um oh god i messed up five times leading up to this level am i gonna have enough resources left over to clear the mm-hmm. final boss it's just like just do it just just do the game yeah. just do the game <laughs> don't die easy yeah. easy um and if you try to do that with a game like mushihime sama or toho or whatnot it is monstrously difficult um <laughs> relative to gradius um, so I, I loved it. I, I, I really connected with it. Um, I've got two more arcade games. Are you okay if I just slam through them? Go ahead and slam on through them. Uh, yeah. I, I got the Capcom arcade collection, mm-hmm. which is dope <laughs> as hell. And it's really good. It's expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. It comes with 32 games that are just lovingly animated. You have rewind and, and multiple mm-hmm. save slots. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of cool stuff. I'm, I'm really in love with it. I think it's a dope collection. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I didn't have any issues with emulate it with how it felt, how they felt to play. Um, I'm no wizard on input lag stuff or anything, um, but it just fit from my layperson perspective, it felt nice. Um, I played a bunch of 19XX, but I think I needed a shmup break because that game's mm, also pretty hard. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And I learned I learned the original Strider. Oh, man, that game. That game's, uh, that game's a wild one. It's that's that is accurate. I think that is an accurate summation of Strider. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like that game is like, like, e- like back then it was like unlike anything you'd ever played before, just because of the way that the gravity works in that game is wild. Mm-hmm. And even now, going back and playing it, you can sort of see how it's kind of held together with like duct tape and glue and a little bit of spit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, how does this thing work? How does it work at all? I had a lot of actual like glitches playing Strider, yep. which I didn't have with any of these other games. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I got to the top of stage two to trigger and triggered the um the thing flying, and then I went back down to get the one up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the 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 ships were like flying in in the middle of the stage, <laughs> and it was really goofy. Um, I got stuck outside the stage barrier. I I, I broke a lot of. Oh, there are a lot of little things that are broken in it. And it made it pretty frustrating to play intensely. Yeah, yeah. I, like I watched, um, I, I recently watched El Rock Six Seventeen uh, try to one CC that game, and yeah, he ran into some of that and a lot of just the overall jankiness of how some things in that game work slash don't work. Yeah, um, it was very much like I was saying with the about the other games where it feels a little mushier in the sense of, not mushy or but just mushier mm-hmm. in the sense of like you're just getting to that last stage with five four or five lives and hoping for the best and just banging your face into it yeah yeah like i just did that enough times where i was like this this isn't completely satisfying especially coming off of gradius mm-hmm. um um but the set piece design is so gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, like I, like I think every, nearly every part of every stage of that game really just stands out and is identifiable. Every part of it feels like unique and handcrafted. Yeah, it's like they, it's like every single interaction you have in that game is a handcrafted action set piece, as opposed to like we thought up. Whereas, like, the normal way you th- think of making a game is, like, okay, we made it so the character can jump around and slash a sword. Now let's make, you know, like, five enemy types and some tiles and then build a level around that. Mm. And then we'll have it gradually escalate in complexity and da 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 um, Gamer Gears Toolkit, whatever. <laughs> and you get to... And then that, that kind of, like, game design stuff. This is just, like, we are going to make every single piece of this interesting and joyful and varied and exciting yeah um and it's is those things the entire time you're playing it yeah um stage two is just (laughs) mind-blowing like the 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 set pieces it you run through in stage two alone yeah are just like a whole like any number of lesser action games would have fewer cool ideas yeah than Strider has in stage two of five. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's stage four, which is just bizarre though. That's yeah. like the dinosaur level. Yeah, that was like, like nowhere. What happened here? It's like half as long as all the other stages. Yeah, it, it's, it's very really clear. Weird. It's very clearly the 
we had this idea, we couldn't quite land it, and we didn't have time to finish it, but if we only, uh-huh. but, but if we leave it out, we've only got four stages, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but yeah, and then the climax is Buck Wild. It does um, boss refund in a really cool way where they're all recontextualized. I like that you fight the first boss again, but you like... <laughs> but you like... You're not fighting it. You're riding it yeah. up to fight the final boss. It's it really, fucking rules. It's so while, cool. <laughs> while boss, the final boss taunts you with text in the background. Yeah. Like, this is this was this was 1988. 19, yeah, 1988. Like, that's wild. It was a very very forward thinking game in a lot of ways. It feels like a proto Kamiya game. Like oh in a lot god, of yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like yeah. This is this it, like it. It felt a little bit like another world where it just, but like, as an arcade game, yeah. where it's just like moment, constant moment to moment action set piece design. Yeah. Um. It. it this was, this was an arcade action game from the '80s that I enjoyed, not so much because I like enjoyed learning it as an action game because its storytelling was constantly inventive and entrancing. Yeah, and like. For that to be a thing in 1988 in an an action game, like you, you weren't getting that kind of moment to moment storytelling in action games yet. So it's very forward thinking. Yeah. It's, it's, it's jaw dropping. Um, I'm really impressed with it. It's not one I see myself like upping the, playing the higher difficulties or whatnot, but it's, it's gorgeous. And I can see wanting to revisit some of the successors. Yeah. Which are all, like, it's very um, uncomplicated, <laughs> right? It's like what the follow-ups to Strider are. Like, yeah. It's probably just, like, Strider 1, Strider 2, Strider 3, Strider 4, right? Just do, just play Strider 2 on any... Which or, one? That is, that is not, that is... What were you going to say, Polly? Well, I was going to say just play Strider 1 on PlayStation. <laughs> okay. Just do cool. that. Don't play Strider 2014. It's trash. Despite what anybody will tell you, it's trash-ass fucking explorey platformer where literally everything you get is a key for a door awesome awesome um and then the day after i beat strider i woke up that morning i'm gonna play trails zero and then i loaded up mame i downloaded mame Mm -hmm. and i downloaded (laughs) r-type that's where you find uh that's where you find the trails games you download mame yeah uh (laughs) and then like Six or seven hours later, with a with a hot, nice, long, hot bath in the middle and some other other nice relaxation moments, mm-hmm. um, I had cleared R-Type in one life. Man, like, R-Type is one of those, yep, that, that is a hard one to do. <laughs> uh-huh. It is, it is like Gradius and Gradius 2, except um, every, I think it's... Every moment I think it's is, is perilous and dangerous. Yeah, except it's just scary. It's just... It just goes man like the like that is kind of always constant that has always been the thing with our type and i think it's the reason i don't gel with that series quite as much is that there is not a moment in that series where every single pixel on that screen isn't a fucking danger zone like (laughs) it is constant it is stressful it's a little (laughs) much for what i want in a shmup personally Mm -hmm. it feels um it feels meaner than Gradius. Oh, yeah. For sure. It feels, I think, a little more evocative than Gradius. Maybe, yeah. Um, I think Gradius is more like... 
Gradius feels like joyful video game mm. the whole time. It, yeah. we, it's just like we are making a shooting game. We are making the platonic ideal of a horizontal shooting game, <laughs> and we are loving it. Yeah! They're throwing some fucking Easter Island heads. Who cares? It's This is great. Throw in more references to the past games. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then our type is just like, all right, and here's... It, it's very, like... Um, it, it, it feels more oppressive with its ambience and its atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that only gets more pronounced as the series progresses mm-hmm. until, like... Until, like, final is just, like, an hour long and really slow and just, like, constantly pelting you with this is scary (laughs) and oppressive and dreary. Versus Gradius Five just being treasure like. Yeah, now you can spin your options all around. <laughs> if, look, man, the, those lasers look tasty. I would eat them. They look it's real so fucking good. good. Um, so I think as a kid, I was way more into R Type because I was like, mm, "This is this is art video game. This is very this is very sophisticated for my sophisticated <laughs> grown up palate." Um, as a kid, I liked R Type because Stage Three has the big ship. The you big, blow up all the little parts. The big battleship. Yeah. R-Type that. has a big battleship level. Batsugun, which I, uh, I'm playing now, has a big R- battleship level. Mushihime-sama yeah. has a really good stage 3 big battleship level. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, like, it rules. It's, it's one of the, like, the, 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 the tropes of the genre that it's just like, it's usually always pretty cool. Yep, and I feel like R-Types was sort of the yeah. archetypal yeah, it's, version yeah. of that. It's where and that it got rules. started, I believe, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, shmups, because of that stage, were always less about precise dodging and learning the stages and just blowing shit up. That's the part I liked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I still feel like our type is very, um, it, it's mean and it's, I think, harder than Gradius, Gradius although Gradius 2 is a lot longer than our yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. Our type 1 is still like a punchy 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, it's eight stages that go by quick. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think, like, the second time I reached stage five on a, on a clear attempt, I just went through straight through the end. It was fine. Nice. Like, even even stage six and seven, which are so mean and <laughs> dense, and stage six especially just feels like, okay, this is the one where you have to memorize where all these blocks are going to go. Yeah. And, like, the I remember Rhett complaining about stage four and R-Type three being just that. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's one of those in R-Type one. Um I don't think I ever got that far on the turbo graphics as a kid. Mm. Um, but then I just got through to the end, and then there's a dope moment at the end where you, where the boss opens its gaping maw, and you fire your force into it, and then it closes its mouth on the force, and you have to dodge while the the boss is chewing is taking damage from your force. Yeah, rules. It's dope as hell. It's a really cool set piece, <laughs> which is why they do it in all the other ones. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I fucking love R-Type. I think it was very inspiring to me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can see its DNA and stuff like Kikai and whatnot. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Um, and I'm, and I, I feel like I have the... And it feels good to... Literally, like, I played it to death ten years ago. I played it again to death five years ago. Try, I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna beat it in one life this time. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I didn't. Oh. And then I just... And I just picked it up and was like, oh, Pop save here. Doo-doo-doo. Oh, that's easy. Doo-doo-doo. Just and then just learned it. It felt great. Just baby, baby, easy video game. And a lot of that was the the old memories coming back because yeah. I really did play it for hours and hours and hours. Um, 
So I've just had a fucking ball. I've like doubled my <laughs> arcade clear total, which I which I feel feel pretty um, smug and joyful I, about. I think I, go be, ahead. beating arcade games feels like it's an entirely different kind of feeling from beating mm. uh, console games. Like it's just mm. something feels way more majestic about it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Beating um, arcade games to feel like I'm in control of my life. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like I said, I'm playing Batsugun now, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that's not one I've ever kind of dug into myself, but I kind of feel like I should at some point. Yeah, it's just like... Because I like cave stuff. I like gold stuff. Mm -hmm. It turns out there's a bunch of stuff in the 90s between the games that came out in the zeros and the games that came out in the eighties that are kind of like halfway between those two. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Weird. It's, it's weird. It's weird. almost like, there, it's almost like there was an evolution of ideas in there somewhere. And when you so. combine those flavors, the way Batsugun does, uh -huh. and I'm assuming a number of other games do. Oh, it tastes so good. Oh, goes down, it goes down smooth. It goes down so smooth. I was playing Batsugun at the start, just like, like, a, like a, like, the first, my whole first credit, I was just like having a continuous freeze-on response on the back of my neck, just like, oh, yes, oh, the the the, the happy synth FM synth, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's FM synth, and then with the big colorful, so then more modern big bullet patterns, and I'm like, ah, yes, I love shmups, y'all. They're pretty, they're pretty fun. This is the longest shmup binge I've had in a long time. I, I can't believe it's still going. Because <laughs> I'm still working on Pats again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm saying, like, this this journey has not ended yet. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm glad that I liked a cave game, because I think for a long time I kind of looked at, you know, shmup top ten list forums yeah. and whatnot. And, and they're like, kind of just you... drowned in Dodon Pachi and fucking mm -hmm. Esprade and just all of that. Yeah. But then, like, if you kind of looking at them just from a distance they basically look like cave just made like the same game 20 times and it can um, it can feel that way sometimes if you're not digging into the minutia of some of those games yeah yeah um but then playing mushi hime some after playing you know a bunch of dodonpachi as a kid i was like ah, this feels this feels different. it's got a different aesthetic mm -hmm. it's got a different vibe mm -hmm. um it's got a completely different like scoring system and though it's very simple like the way it's the way it presents itself at least on original mode mm -hmm. um and then i looked like it dang and fever on and ketsui and and at the dodonbachi side s esp espgaluda mm -hmm. um they make i i think their games are meaningfully distinct right and i think that and i think that's what i kind of had to accept and be into in order to be excited about their catalog the yeah. way i was seeing um shmup forums be like why would you have 10 different cave games on here they're all the same well it's the it's the similar voice and it's definitely there are things i want out of shmups that i won't get out of any cave game mm -hmm. but I, I i i can see wanting to dig into a bunch more of these now and that's that's really kind of world expanding when it comes to shmups because right. they made a lot of games yeah yeah and they're making a new toho game Thank God, right? <laughs> they're making a fucking... They're absolutely going to make a... It's absolutely going to be on phones. There's yeah. no question about it. Yep. Uh, uh, 
Uh, it might not even be a Shimada. It might be another fucking. I, I I didn't even process this, but the one that already exists is apparently like a fake go like, and I'm like, well, oh, well, could, you could have had shmup stages. There's everything. Every other, you could have had shmup stages for your dumb levels. There's no reason you didn't have. Oh, you didn't. I think a zero lane kind of is a shmup too. Like it's been done before. Yeah. Yeah. Cave has one. Cave has one they've been doing for five years. That's what keeps their lights on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I love, I, I was just like at the end of this, like, all right, I like cave. I love old Konami games. I love old Capcom games. I love old Iram games. The world is my oyster. <laughs> I am done. That was my arcade binge. Nice. Rat. Oh boy. Oh, what are you up to? I mean, I guess I'll just start where I left off. Uh, I finished the legend of heroes trails to Azure. Didn't you? Haven't? Hadn't? Wait, huh. hadn't you finished that last episode? No. So I know where exactly. I was in the intermission chapter. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was talking about how much fan service there is in this game. Sure, sure, sure. Just okay, how, okay, okay, okay. I know where you're at now. Okay. Some some very gratuitous stuff there with uh, the whole you know beach trip that they go on. Yeah, yeah. Little did I know, and I should have seen this coming. 10 miles away, that game, uh, they built you up so they can knock you down. <laughs> <laughs> very, very transparently. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, things did not stay as happy as cheerful for pretty much the entire rest of the game, like, immediately after that. <laughs> like, oh, oh, shit, shit's happening. Oh, shit's going, oh, no, oh, no. They're just, this one just really kind of piles it on. It yeah, like, it, it just kind of keeps going and going. And you wonder, just how, how much, like, how much how much of a battering do my feelings need? <laughs> yeah. I think, like, end of chapter three into chapter four, I think that was the one. I'm not sure entirely. Mm-hmm. But that specific moment I'm thinking of might be, like, the most a video game has, like, ever made me despair. Oh. <laughs> Where it, no. it got to actually be, like, too much for me to handle on that I evening. I remember like, now. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm already not in a great mood, and now this game has pulled this shit, oh, and I'm, like, yeah. crying crying a bunch. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not really okay right now. Sorry, game. I'm going to have to put you down for a few <laughs> hours. <laughs> Like, so yeah, this one's really good. I think there is an issue with this series that I'm starting to have now where, like, there's two sides to it, these stories that they tell, that don't feel entirely compatible at times, where, like, there's the really kind of grounded, down-to-earth politics side, and then there's the the supernatural stuff, like, mm-hmm. the society, the world-ending conflicts. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I get so into the politics stuff, mm-hmm. because that is still, like, a huge part of the games. Video games like, aren't when politics, when it kind of goes full... A- this game is definitely politics, sorry. Oh, I know. You play as cops. Yeah. <laughs> this one's the most, even more than, like, first chapter. <laughs> which is about, you know, like, well, other stuff and nationalism and stuff. Yeah. But, like... Like, I think... There's, a, like, that part I mentioned earlier, like, when the bad things that happen are grounded in kind of reality 
and it's like very like small level violence on an intimate level. Mm-hmm. It's much scarier yeah. than like it's more lasers real. and magic and dragons. Yeah, like yeah. that's way more real. Yeah, it's way more real. And it's way more. This could happen. Yeah, definitely. So like when when this game kind of truly went bonkers and turned into like continent scale threat it like actually kind of lost a little bit for me mm. where it's like okay well this isn't actually as scary because now it's just a little very <laughs> silly because you know you've got oh, no, it's a, a whole lot happening i'm trying to be yeah it it swings real hard from like political drama into jrpg Mm-hmm. Like more so than I think even like second chapter does. And this game is very, very similar in a lot of ways to second chapter. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. Yeah. Awesome. Like there that. is one thing like <laughs> Yeah. There's definitely parts in, in the writing that, you know, you just kinda gotta roll with like they're going to do the tropes, the anime tropes and stuff. Oh yeah. And, that's, like, like it especially starts in the crossbell games. Mm-hmm. But I mean like in second chapter, you had all the the main villains kind of stand around for you waiting in the tower at the end, mm-hmm. and you fought them one at a time. Mm-hmm. So this game also does, like, all the villains give you one-on-one fights. Or, no, it's one-on-four, though, because you're ganging up on them. <laughs> it's just like, hmm, if all the villains just hung out in the same room, you'd be totally fucked. So we're going to spread them out <laughs> so you can have these cool cinematic boss fights. I got and, good like, news. These character I, arcs. I got wonderful oh, news no. for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are they? oh, no. <laughs> okay, so it's good to hear that they maybe don't keep doing that oh that's on. not what i meant at all oh okay oh sorry the opposite i probably maybe meant the opposite oh they're gonna keep doing it of course that's what i expected because unfortunately the way people talk about trails uh trails of cold steel mm-hmm. like further continuing some of the tropiness oh, by a lot oh yeah oh yeah that i is, think it, i forget which one i heard it was but like a whole lot of, you won this fight, but then the cutscene says you lost. Yeah, that's that's definitely a Cold Steel thing for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah, that's going to be a little rough. So, like, I'm at the point now where I've played the Crossbell games, and I, and I bought the first two Cold Steel games. Well, that journey's got to happen sometime. But it's not going to happen instantly. No, <laughs> I am no. not the type of person I... to just... And eight months. I would yeah. not recommend it. Like I don't. I've never recommended anybody do this because, mm-hmm. and I've seen tons of people do it, and I'm still just like I don't think you should do it. it I don't know that 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 series has the kind of staying power uh, and the yeah. kind of diversity that you might need in your gaming appetite. <laughs> yeah. Because like, John and me had the same feeling at the start of Zero, where it was like. Hey, I'm really glad that they have two more of the sprite-based kind of cutesy yeah. PSP-style games. By the end of this one, I am so glad that they are changing things up at least a little visually. Mm-hmm. That the next game's going to switch to fully 3D. Like that'll be a big refreshing moment of like, yeah, getting to see things from a new perspective. It'll be uh, Sony's engine from 2006. God, <laughs> like I'm not expecting super modern, you know, <laughs> not even like Ease 9 level graphics, but it'll just be different. My dude, I, my dude, 
eyes and mouths are te- are animated textures, my dude. <laughs> Just like Mega Man Legends, the greatest game. Yeah, and the most the best 3D graphics ever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not a thing I'm actually gonna have a problem with. I think it sounds cute. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. It is. Like that, that, they only do that for Cold Steel one and two. They upgrade for three and four. Okay, so that's nice. But, like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, the combat system, and I'm not expecting that to get totally overhauled, like, they kind of just keep bolting things onto it to keep it from being completely stale. Yeah. But it's really kind of the same stuff, like, and again, like, having to have that orbment reset at the start of this game was like, oh, uh, yeah, here we go again. Well, (laughs) at least the orbment system in, in the Cold Steel games, for better or worse, is much more, uh, simplified. Uh, so yeah. that even when it gets like completely restripped down uh, in a sequel, it's like, well, okay, it doesn't really hurt that much because like the it's a simpler okay. system now. In third, I was spending like fifteen minutes yeah. on the Orman screen. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I think I think it makes sense that maybe we could be we could streamline a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I for the first it, yeah for the first half of this game, I just didn't bother min-maxing the orbits at all and then by the back half I was back to spending 20 minutes yep. at a time like <laughs> start a new chapter buy some new stuff okay Tio what you got okay I'm gonna do 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 okay you've got the strongest spell in the game let's go <laughs> I did that in zero and I was like yeah. yes chuck two let's go <laughs> you can still pull off some kind of not so stuff once you get a little some slots open did they, mm-hmm. like, was it Crossbell that introduced Sepeth Masses so that, like, you just always had a constant flow of money? I don't think so. Okay, I couldn't remember. I've never I heard of that. I couldn't remember if that was, like, a uh, a Cold Steel thing or if they introduced that in Crossbell because, like, you can get Sepeth Masses from every fight in the Cold Steel oh. games, so you just always have money coming in. Yeah, I mean, you get Sep- you get Sepeth after every monster... In Trails in the Sky. And yeah, but this yeah. is Sepeth Mass, which is just like, okay. it's Sepeth that, that you can only sell. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, it's just gotcha. money. Yeah. Cool. Which, okay. which is just dumb, because cool it's just like, game. why don't you just make the enemies drop money? This just seems like a pointless <laughs> extra thing. Because the lore, goddammit, the monsters <laughs> aren't carrying money. I get it. They're carrying masses of Sepeth. Right. Makes Wait, what sense. else would they carry? It'd be funny if the human enemies then did just draw money. Yeah, I mean that would <laughs> beat them up, and then you just take some money out of their pocket. There, are, there, there are games that do that. Uh, I, I do believe Xenogears does that. I forget. Oh, I, I know that Final Fantasy. <laughs> no, Thir- I, I know. Final I did Fantasy not have Thir- enough money. Final Fantasy. I did Thir- not have enough money. And Final Xenogears. Fantasy. Thir- Final Fantasy Thirteen does it. Like, okay. like human enemies uh, have a chance to always yeah. drop money. So cool. Hmm. Like, the big thing they introduce in Azir is Master Quartz. Yeah. And and I guess that carries over into Cold Steel. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you'll have, like, the center spot now is reserved for Master Quartz, and, like, this one will be like, oh, this one gives you 30% more EP, or, you know, they're really strong, and but you can only have one of them. Mm. And then the one, the one I had on Teal by the end, and I didn't use it most of the game because it started kind of weak, but I kept it in the background leveling up. Mm-hmm. By the end of the game, it was 90% chance crit on spells. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. It's bonkers. <laughs> just like, okay, she's just basically always critting with these things now. Yeah. The other thing that's new in this one is like zero delay after casting a certain element. Mm-hmm. 
so for like for the final fights, I've just got Tio with like ninety percent crit, casting like the weakest wind spell. Yeah. And then immediately, <laughs> immediately getting a new turn. Yeah. <laughs> and then casting it with like four delay, and then immediately getting a new turn. So you can just like get multiple turns off on this enemy over and over and over. It's just like, oh my god, this is so broken. And I guess they keep all that for the... Yeah! it just, Like, this is a series where you are just continuously going to have busted characters by the time you yeah. get to the end. But I like that, like, the busted strategies do change. Like, in, the, in yeah. the earlier games, it was like, oh, the Earth spell that nullifies damage. Yeah, like, get your Earth it's spell cool. and yeah. then uh, get everybody Hellgate and spam that for the rest of the game. Yeah. Whereas, like, I had to think about and do a new tactic for this one. Because I had my healer having just... I think it was the healer actually had the wind one where it was like, okay, he's just going to do the AoE heal spell instantly every turn. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, the enemies just really can't keep up with your level yeah. of healing then. Yeah. And, yeah, the story is really, really good. Oh, man. Like, when you get... To, <laughs> there like, are... When you find out what's going on in that game... <laughs> oh, my God. The the number of all-caps DMs I sent Polly and Ricky <laughs> towards the end of this game... <laughs> Those were a treat. And, yeah, and they're in the middle of the night because I'm playing at, like, 4 a.m., yeah. and I'm just, like, losing my mind, like, <laughs> all-caps. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> It's the good shit. Like, the weird way I'd want to describe this is that it feels like against the law for a JRPG to have a story twist this good. <laughs> <laughs> where they, where like they pull off this huge high concept thing that feels like reserved for a visual novel. Like, yeah, you like you don't think that a, anybody a game could pull that has this to worry off. about gameplay could yeah. also pull this off. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh. It's so good. It's so good. So yeah, I will continue with Cold Steel eventually. That'll be interesting. I'll be interested in seeing how that one lands. It's, that, that, game, just, that game's yeah. got a start that just hit me so wrong. Oh, the whole trip and... Yeah, um, like I really... I hate, I, I hate the first month of that first game so much. Oh, boy. I'm not expecting to like it as much immediately off the bat no, as you, you won't. the previous five games. Because, like, they, they've definitely been like, okay, you win, you win, and, like, because I'm playing, like, basically the official versions now that these tr translations have got, gotten picked up by Nisa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been rare for people to actually play all the games in order because yeah. Cold Steel 1 came out before 3rd and the Crossbell games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge skip, so like the huge tonal dissonance there. Oh yeah, it's it's isn't isn't going to be as crazy for me at least coming off of Azir no, and some no. defense focus in that because they they they've led up to a lot of the changes that yeah. were made with the Crossbell games. Mm -hmm. But also like Cold Steel is a four game arc and oh yeah yeah long haul which baby, seems, which definitely seems like reading opinions kind of like the biggest knock against it i saw somebody say like cold steel takes four games to do what the other arcs did in two i i think cold steel could have been three games i really yeah. think it could have but i think and, that they were kind of the riding they were falcom was writing a good thing like they kind of yeah. kind of burst to prominence with uh 
these games mm -hmm. and they really hit the mainstream. So I can see why they wanted to do four of them. Yeah. Not counting Plus, Hajimari. So mm -hmm. that's that's the other thing. Took them four games to do it, and then they're still having to do a little bit of final cleanup for the Reen story in Hajimari. Yeah. Or Reverie as it's gonna be called now. Yeah, Reverie oh. now. Like kind of excessive. Yeah, it's a lot. And the fact that those games are like eighty to hundred hours net long now. Like they like also it, are bigger. If in you were like me and, if you were like me and want to do all the side quests, then yeah, those games are going to take uh, about 60 to 80 hours apiece. Uh, like, I never I just hated like, oh. the side quests in Azure. I never hated the side quests in Azure, but I definitely got to a point of, I don't know if I can keep doing all these for how many games left in the series I have. When I know? when I played the Cold Steel games, I, my cutoff point for side quests was almost always did did I level up enough on my class skills to get the grail locket as a reward? If I did then <laughs> a lot of these quests have now been deemed uh, very, very tertiary. <laughs> and like there's some good stuff in this one where like if you meet a character in a side quest and yeah. then they show up in the main story, yeah. they mention it. They, they mention like, it, yeah. totally acknowledge that, oh, we saw you earlier. Yep. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. I like that stuff. Like, that, that shit but still they, happens in yeah. Cold Steel, too. Yeah. Cool. But, like, there's so many points where I just kind of felt demotivated when it's like, I want to get to the next big story event, yep. and then they throw, like, four side quests up on the board. I'm just like, uh... Yeah. Like, like, there's one where they say, like, Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And, and like Cold Steel does a thing where it's just like some of these quests are mandatory where you have to do them oh, yeah. and then some of them are optional <laughs> does it say? yes it tells you like this is a, this oh, is an okay. immediate quest you have to do this one you have to do this one this one down here you can maybe skip if you want <laughs> but it's got a good reward okay yeah yeah because there's one part in Azure where they're like, big thing is going to happen tomorrow. Anyways, we've got some side quests to do. Yep. So you do the side quest, and then you get to tomorrow, and they're like, <laughs> oh, it's 10, it's 10 a.m. now. Big thing happens at noon. Let's do some side Let's quests. There's two rounds quests. in a row. Yeah. There's two rounds right in a row, and I just kind of went, come on. You can't use the word tomorrow and fuck me like that. Got some good news for you, Rat. Don't even... Intonation. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I tried like to chew through, I I, I I think if I tried to chew through like a bunch of these in a row, and especially a bunch of cold steel in a row, I would go insane. Yeah. So. Yeah. I couldn't that's do not it. My speed. This will be a fun three plus year adventure, <laughs> or five or six years at my current pace. At the 10. rate they're coming out, <laughs> at the rate they're coming out, it actually just keeps getting longer unless you play like yeah. two a year. Yeah, mm -hmm. like we're getting Although a break. Actually, I mean, no, we're go ahead. We're getting a break this year, actually. Thankfully, uh, I was like, I don't know that I wanted another Trails game to play at the end of the year this year. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we're getting a break uh, between like Cold Steel 4 and Reverie while they catch up with the Crossbell games. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool mm -hmm. with that. But like, 
America or like the West is getting a break. Mm -hmm. In Japan, they might have a new game this year. Is they, what I'm saying. It's, it's coming like, out. Might have it's coming out in September. It's coming out in September. Uh, see, that's Kuro, what I'm saying. Like Kuro no Kiseki is out in this, in September. So they've already got the box okay. art out and everything. So yeah. So like Seal, when we're getting sixty percent through, right? So yeah. So we're getting there. We're getting there, Rhett. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna finish. I mean, yes, when they trail saga when they eventually in 2035 <laughs> and then by 2050 um, we'll all be dead so it won't matter yeah mm. but it's and like by 2050 the world will be have, have yeah, ended I know. so we're good yeah done. yeah alright continue it's just like next year they're releasing the official releases of the two crossbell games and then like if you're playing them in order like imagine having the two Cold Steel games come out the same year, and then having to play four Cold Steel games, and then Reverie. Like, so, like, yeah. I've got some time before Reverie comes out, because I've already played the the Crossbell games. Mm -hmm. I've still got four in a row. Four like, fucking games, my dude. There's just no easy way. So, like, even if I did, like, two next year, and then two in 2023 so like maybe i'd be playing reverie in 2024 like <laughs> how many kuro games are there going to be by that point that's what i'm saying like catching up eight all nine in a row like on some level it does make sense yeah something you're playing in that battle system for for nine oh, or a thousand hours God. i mean there's people who can do that I, i'm not judging i'm just saying like yeah. The people who only play Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one game they play. So like in that regard, Cold Steel or Legend of Heroes could be the only franchise you play. I mean there are people like that. Yeah. Yep. I I'm not one of them. Nah, I can't I can't do that. Yeah. So th that I can't, took even just, I can't even just play RPGs. Like I have to That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> I like to dabble in every genre and it's getting increasingly harder because yeah. I've picked because like I kind of didn't play JRPGs for a long time until Neptunia and now <laughs> I've branched out from that and like I'm playing more and it's just like oh right these games are super fucking long <laughs> like when when one of these takes a month versus like shorter action games taking maybe a week like you just get through way fewer games and it's a little scary yeah mm. where's the I time going I just kind of don't. I just kind of don't feel. I'm not. I. I just, I'm not really worried about catching up on trails right now because that just seems. Aww. It seems so completely like overwhelming. I guess mm -hmm. I'm just kind of letting it hit me as it comes. Yeah. Um. So I. I, I feel okay about that. Just like okay, mm -hmm. I have a a wellspring of gifts. Yeah. In this style game that I know I'm is consistently satisfying to me. Mm -hmm. And that's nice. Yeah. For me, letting it hit me as it comes was literally just playing them as soon as those translations came out. Cool. Like, okay. Like, when they announced it Zero, I was like, okay, it, that's just front of the line, you know? Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, and, like, I played Zero, like, right as soon as, pretty much as soon as it came out. Yeah. But, so, like, now I'm at the scary point where there's four more ready to go. <laughs> and it's like, now I have to tell myself when I'm ready. Yeah. I'm not just letting... <laughs> the translations kind of dictate when I play them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I get you. I, hey, I really liked Zero, so, like, mm -hmm. 
I'm in for sure. Yeah, yeah. I really like it too, as you all obviously know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intonation. Intonation. Oh, Intonation. Tom, Tom in the fucking chat bench bringing up his hell order for playing trails. I know. So that's the thing. Western fans have these nightmarish orders and like getting to do them the first five in release order has been really nice. Yeah. One day I'll be ready for the rest of Trails FC's prologue. <laughs> Are, is anyone ever quite ready for the six hours of prologue? It's so much. It really is. It's a lot. It's a, lot of it's a big ask. <laughs> it's a big ask. God, the rest of the game. I don't know. <laughs> I feel it. The, cool. The funny thing, though, is that Azure, like, I don't know exactly how it works, but, it, like, Cold Steel completely looms over this game because I think 1 and 2 happen at roughly the same time. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. they're very vague about events that are also happening at the same time. And then the ending of this game happens, and I almost wanted to start Cold Steel 1 immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of went, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then, like, I, I, it's, yeah. I feel that every time now with, like, long serial RPGs. I, I'm like, I'll take forever in the middle, and then I'll blaze through the back half. Uh -huh. And then I'll be like, I want to start the next one. And then if I do, oh yeah, then it's going to stretch out into four months again. Yeah. Yeah, you Even right. I want it so much in the moment. I want it so much. You want that high to keep going because these uh -huh. games always end really strongly. Yeah, which is not something you can say for a lot of long form games. Mm -hmm. Like that's something pos very positive about Falcom or Xeno or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. With Kingdom Hearts, it's extremely just that, because that is pretty much all you get, is that last high oh, the, for the last yeah. three hours. So that is the only thing keeping you going. Alright, sorry. I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. cool. I was going to talk about some other games, but maybe since that took so long, I'll throw it to Polly for now. Alright. Um, I watched anime! Can you oh, believe, can you believe that shit. while, can you believe that while I was undergoing major dental surgery and things of that nature. That all I wanted to do was basically just watch Japanese cartoons for a bit. <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah, that's kind of where the mood was. That doesn't mean I wasn't getting into video games. That's just well, not we're, that's just not what we're going to talk about right now. Because I feel like right. you know what we've talked about video games for a while. Why don't we break things up a little bit? Starting with the end of a series that I have talked about. For a while on this Ooh. on this podcast, I talked about it uh, one or two episodes ago. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I think it was on the was on the previous episode. Yeah, like you know, a show that I've mentioned watching uh, on and off. Uh, I know that it was mentioned. Um, uh, oh, I, my I, brain just I, my brain just figured <laughs> it out. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I just finished Ichiro Nade Nagatoro San. There we go. Boom. Sunk Rhett's battleship there. You bullied me. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the bullying show. Uh, uh -huh. The cute girl with all the wicked facial expressions you've probably so seen on Twitter. She's got great facials, man. That artist is a genius with regards to facial expressions, and this yes. girl's got them. Um, and, yeah, like, I started watching this show because, like, the discourse around it 
really just kind of sucked me in because it really just sounded like a bunch of whiny nerds being mad that a girl was kind of just asserting herself in a way that like mm. maybe they typically aren't in these kinds of shows and it made them uncomfortable made their wee wee feel small <laughs> uh, that's the general impression that i got from like reading the, the the thread for the first episode on my anime list anyway was that people were just like man this girl just really intimidates you doesn't she <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to say that like the things that she's doing at the at the start of this show starting out aren't really mean-spirited because i think that yeah like the first couple of episodes i, I think they definitely give you the wrong impression um mm. because even I don't, I don't think the manga goes as hard like it it, oh. def, it definitely didn't feel as mean-spirited when i read the manga's opening when uh, when I compare it to the anime, where like it's almost like she's literally getting off on getting the main character to cry, like it literally like it's really hard to watch. Like it's like okay, that's a little much, but like all my of impression the, from that was my impression from the manga. <laughs> but like all of that, like really kind of just softens up, and what you end up with is essentially this collection of scenarios of like two awkward teenagers who are ultimately just bad at expressing themselves. Uh, ending up in a, in situations where their real feelings come out in these big, loud, uh, sometimes just completely wrong ways. Um, but there's, like, actual growth to it as you kind of get into these little comedic situations. Like, yes, like, she is kind of this instigator for him. But as the show goes on, you sort of get the feeling that she's doing this to kind of, like, pull him out of his shell or something. Like, I, I, I don't feel that it's bullying, like, even after, like, the second or third episode. Like, it generally feels like she's taking an interest in wanting to be friends with this person because she feels connect a connection with him for some reason. Like, she's going to bat for it. Like, she gets visually upset when other people start doing the same things to him that she's doing. So, like, when somebody else, like like, one of her friends picks up trying to, like, make the same kind of joke that she's made with him she just like you need to fucking stop right now <laughs> um and it's really cute because there's this like it's not really like possession i guess but it's more like look we have a rapport you don't mm -hmm. this is our thing um and and like he seems like and the main character himself seems to be more open to like you get the feeling they're both into whatever this dynamic is yeah um, because, like, even where I've read to in the manga, I don't think we're at, like, a full understanding of, like, do these two understand the feelings they're trying to work out here? Um, mm -hmm. there's definite moments where you have these big moments that mean a lot where you see that they actually emotionally grow closer together, uh, because they're speaking more honestly, or they'll go out of their way to defend one another, like, when something bad happens. It's just like, oh, like, and those moments are always nice, because they're sprinkled around these moments of her constantly prodding him, and just kind of, like, trying to goad him and bait him, and kind of, you know, like, and the, so, so that when you have those emotional moments that sort of show that they have grown as characters, um, they pop a lot more, um... Like, like, Nagatora might tease Senpai relentlessly, but I think, like, you start to understand that, like, she actually really cares about him a lot, and it's really kind mm. of sweet. And, and like, you also get the impression that if, like, like, there are a few moments where it's just like, you know, maybe he's had enough, and she knows to back off. 
Um, you you get the impression so. that if he wanted her to stop, she would. Um, so there's oh. definitely this nice consensual thing going on here. And something else that a show like I wasn't expecting to see handle. Like you're gonna have those moments where a character falls into her boobs because that's funny. Mm-hmm. But this like. I've not seen one of these types of shows handle it in this way where, like, the the, the the moment happens, they'll be fooling around, and maybe, like, there'll be, like, this weird bodily contact that would usually, like, be played for a joke, and like, oh, she's gonna smack the crap out of him, or something like that, but the way it's handled is actually, honestly, like, this, this honest awkwardness where... <laughs> she she doesn't like blow up and get mad. There's just like genuine discomfort, uh, and, and 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 that like she knows this wasn't intentional, but it's also I don't really feel okay with this right now. Like this mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to happen. I'm not mad, but let's just move on and not make a thing out of it. Um, and I've not seen a show like this with the characters in this kind of dynamic kind of have like like have situations end up that way where they have that bit of honesty where maybe like you're fooling around with somebody and you accidentally touch them in a way that you didn't mean to and you have that moment of oh 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 and everybody's kind of got to stop for a moment assess look at it like maturely and be like okay look this was uncomfortable but i know nothing was intentional and this wasn't like you know the intent Let's just kind of move past this and not let that happen again. And that just, like, and and that happens more than a few times. Like, to kind of show that, like, even though I'm, like, like, Nagatoro is presented sort of as a a sex object in this show. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, for better or worse. But when something sexual or sexual in nature happens to her like that, or she has that kind of contact with the main character... It's very. It's pointed out as very much that this is not okay, uh, but there's no need to make a big deal out of it. Um, you know, it was like we were horsing around. It was an accident. Like we d- we're not gonna do the whole sundere slap you around because <laughs> you landed in my boobs thing. And like every time it did that, it just made it feel really honest to me. And I kind of like. Oh. I like stories that have that kind of genuine, weird, awkward teenage honesty. Like like a uh, Psychono has a lot of that. Um, with these two characters who are, like, trying to understand sexual situations and things like that, but it's just, like, they're weird kids and don't fucking get it. Like, you kind of get that same kind of energy here where it's just, like, you you might relate to that a little bit. It's awkward. It's weird. Um, it, it's just, like, it's a show about awkward kids just fucking being awkward, and I thought it was genuinely pretty good. I, I deeply... Excellent. Deeply appreciate that you compared Nagatoro to Saikano. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, that's, I feel like that is in a like a very lucid, um, appropriate way. I mm-hmm. think that is fantastic energy. I think and they I pull, appreciate it. I think they pull from that same awkward sexual tension that happens yeah. when you're a teenager and you're with somebody of the opposite sex. It's just natural. There's no point in yeah. like. I don't feel that this show is reveling in it or trying to make it sexy because it's an awkward, weird situation and nobody is happy about being in it. Um, so, yeah, like, just overall, like, it, it, it's like, it's not the greatest show in the world. I think that the writing can r- rely a little too much on 
I guess, uh, some jokes here and there, but mm-hmm. ultimately, I think that this is a fantastic, like, recreation of what that manga is. Like, it's almost panel for panel. Like, they're just, like, taking those wild, over-the-top expressions and animating them, and just, like, <laughs> it, it's so good. <laughs> it's so pretty. The, the... The the faces are so goddamn good. Yeah, I read yeah, uh, yeah. I read like fifty chapters. Like yeah, that's that's about how ago, much I've read. Is about like I've read up to just kind of where like the anime like leaves off, and, and the anime ends on a really good arc. Uh, it's got a, mm-hmm. a nice bit of drama, and it leaves that little moment at the end where like these two characters can have a nice quiet moment together. That maybe there is something here. You know, they, they, they leave you with a, on a nice note that feels really good. Um, That's really all you need with these shows sometimes. I yeah, think. yeah. Like, and just, like, having watched it, like, week to week as it was airing, it was just like, you know, you get, like, your one little shot about a week feels really good. I don't think that there's necessarily a need to shotgun a show like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, watching an episode a week, I, I got exactly what I wanted out of it, so it, it felt pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, I was gonna, mm-hmm. I was gonna watch a different show first, but maybe I'll just go through this first. I think mm-hmm. it's worth it. I, wanna, I think I want to watch it daily. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, like if anything, like like Nagatoro's like actress like needs to get a lot of props here too. The way that she brings that character to life, like uh, y- you know, you can mm-hmm. do that with visuals, but you also need the right voice to go with it. And yeah. she's so good at playing it up. Uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah, just just really good. Like, a, a, a damn good show top to bottom. I feel like you give me a nice way to kind of get back into that story, because I think I, like, read a big chunk of the manga and then was kind of like, um, because I got pulled in because it started off feeling, like, kind of dangerous and mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. and messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it settled into, into that much more kind of sweet rhythm, I was a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, like I wanted to watch, I don't know, Scum's Wish or something. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, I was like, oh, this is just like a sweet rom com. Actually, it's yeah. just got this in, yeah. in, interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that. I feel like just kind of going back into it and maybe approaching it from that angle, mm-hmm. um, mentally would could be really nice. It'd be a way to. Because I, cause I love the characters, like, right away. Like, it's a, oh, the dynamics yeah, like, all lovely. I think the characters are just an immediate hook. Like, like, like Senpai obviously has his moments starting out. Like, he's got to kind of be... <laughs> he's got to be, like, you know... The, 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 he's he's got to be Nagatoro's whipping boy for a bit. But he grows into his <laughs> he grows into his own in a real satisfying way. Like, by the end of that show, there's no doubt that it's just, like... Yeah, you're, you are here for this. You are okay with this. Like... <laughs> It's all good. Like, you know, you feel good about the teasing because you know it's coming from, like, it's actually coming from a good place. It's just two people whose interactions are just like this. It feels like it struck a personal note with you. I like it. I think it's nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. That's really sweet. All right. Cool. Uh, I played a video game. <laughs> I'm doing the dodge. That's I'm doing an the dodge. I make. Uh, yeah, pulled red in, and now I'm gonna make him wait longer. You bully! I'm. I'm crying. <laughs> <speaking right now. laughs> I said it struck a personal note. I was like, hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe to a little degree. 
<laughs> I, I might just relate to Nagatoro <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> She's sweet. What do y'all say? Exactly. Everything she, she does, she does, she does it out of love. Does it with Absolutely. a big smile. Does it with a big smile. And she's got like not at all evil smile. And, and she's got like literally every type of fang in anime you could ever ask for. She's flesh got fang. She, she's got like two flesh fangs, one on either side, and this is just all situational. They can happen whenever. She's got real yeah. fangs. Um, yeah, like she's got it all. The total package. Oh my god, I I am recalling a manga panel where she like opens up her mouth yeah. and like, look, I got real see, sharp canines, see, like real fangs, like fucking awaken something. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I, think I, I think I remember that one too. Yeah, it, that's a good. It's yeah. a good. Uh, that's animated, baby. It's in the anime. You're you're in for a good treat. <laughs> Played a video game on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, tell us about this one. Called the Ninja. Oh, it's called the Ninja Saviors. Oh, good. It's into our past discussion, I think. Yes, it might be. Uh, it's called the Ninja Saviors. This is actually <laughs> the Ninja Warriors once again. Is the actual name in Japan? <laughs> because like we got you got the Ninja Warriors, which is the original arcade game, and then you've got the three screens, which was a cool three screen thing that Taito did back in the day. That was really neat. They did it for Darius too. Um, yep. uh, you got you got Ninja Warriors again, which was an update uh, and, a, and a whole new game released on the SNES uh, in like ninety four ninety five. And then uh, this is Ninja Warriors once again, or just the Ninja Saviors, which is a cool, fantastic update of that original SNES game. Um, but it's also, w w yeah, like, what the fuck was I going to say? I think I just had a stroke live on air. <laughs> so, we, got, we got a good it's chunk of it. It's uh, like, well, you, you, why, why would you get confused about the Ninja Warriors, Ninja Warriors again, and the Ninja <laughs> right, Warriors? Right, I was trying to think again. like, wait a it minute, it's a remake of the Ninja Warriors again. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, so this is a single plane side-scrolling beat 'em up. Think bad dudes, but not bad. Good dudes. Yeah, it's good dudes, <laughs> and they're ninjas, and they're kidnapping the president. It's good. Um. So you got uh you you get three characters that feel super duper omega unique, um huh. like they like, like this is what you start out with. You start out with three characters and they've all they all play entirely differently. Like I like you've got Ninja who is literally just Mike fucking Hagar with nunchucks and a goddamn ninja outfit on that looks like he's just busting out of it. It's ridiculous. I think they know they know what they were doing there. Like, the dude does not... He can't jump. He only has, like, a rocket thruster he can briefly put himself in the air with. And his name is Ninja. His name is Ninja. Does he say Ninja when he fights? I w Nobody has voice clips! I was really hoping, though. Uh, but hey, we got... What, I, I want to I picture him in the back of the classroom in ninja school with all the small ninjas <laughs> around him when he's, like, sitting at the desk that's too small for yeah, him. Yeah, he's just, the like... Teacher demonstrates. Like, he, like the, you can hear the desk squeaking anytime he moves just a little bit because it's just kind of trying to not buckle under the pressure of being moved out by his complete girth. Um, but yeah, he's just a big ninja with nunchucks that, like, that, that take up half the fucking screen. Um, then there's, like, um, 
then there's Kunoichi, who is basically the character from that original game. She's like just a you know kind of like the most basic, you know, jumpy, hacky, slashy character you have in the game. Uh, and then there's Kamaitachi, which is just he's literally walking hitbox and like he can't grapple, not very well, which is bad because one of the major <laughs> one of the major fucking final bosses you need to be able to grapple, so he's really hard to use there. Um, uh, and then you also oh you, you unlock two more characters as you play the video game who are also wildly different. You've got uh, Akasha, I think her name is. I think she's literally Doc Octopus with tits. Like, she's got these extra arms that pop out that she can just, like, grab enemies and fling them back and forth like Jax does in Mortal Kombat 2 yeah. with the gotcha slam. She can, like, latch them into the ground and dart herself forward through enemies. Uh, she can use them to fly through the air. It's just, like... And I won't spoil the last character because it's big and dumb and stupid in all the best possible ways. I'll just say that he is literally three-fourths of the screen large. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, this is a game where your choice of character is going to dramatically change how you interact with this game. Um, and every playthrough is going to feel wildly different. Uh, every character has their own set of moves. Um, it's not fighting game deep, but there's enough, like, depth there that it actually feels satisfying learning your character and you really have to learn your character if you're going to finish this game because it does not fuck around because despite the mm -hmm. fact that like this game does that thing where it's it's really satisfying in that it's always throwing loads of enemies at you that only take one hit to kill so you just like yes. run around and like you put your fist through five dudes at once and it feels incredible <laughs> and then they mix in these smaller more complicated enemies with tougher patterns and tougher weapons to deal with and it's incredible like it's a great setup for a game like this but with how complex and 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 nuanced all of your characters are you have to learn to approach all of these situations in, like, just incredibly different ways. So, like, having played through it now three times now with just the three main characters, and, like, I've not one CC'd it yet with, like, Akasha or the other character yet. Um, but having played through it three times now with the three main characters, like, it was like, you know, trying to wrap my brain around how complex this game was again, because I, like, I own this on SNES, but, like, they also added extra moves to this game to make the characters, feel, like, have a little, a, a little more depth and stuff, so, like, it's, it's, it's one of those perfect upgrades where they changed just enough about that original game to make this, like, the definitive edition of what that game is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, like, I think that, like... And you love that old game. I remember oh, you talking yeah, about it like, ages ago. That old game is still fantastic. Like, after I finished this the first time, I went back and played that SNES version. I was like, yeah, like, this still feels real good. Like, it, it, it's just that game kind of just lifted up the 2021 standards oh. with, a, with just a few modernizations, just enough added to the characters, uh to really fucking make it shine. Like, it feels like something that, like, an indie studio would put out now because that's where all your retro games are coming from now. So yep. it, it's an old game that's been freshened up just enough to feel new again. And it's kind of like, I, I don't know if 
anybody here played the the, the Wild Arms Reloaded that these same people did. Um, oh, interesting. So, like, that is just the same kind of update uh, that this one is. And, like, if you want something that's just like... Like, I don't know if anybody played those older uh, SNES Power Ranger game beat-em-ups. Um, this is, like, I do believe that those were built from the 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 Ninja Warriors again engine on the SNES because they, I did play that that was that was the first beat up I beat as a kid yeah because they felt like, like, like these games feel similar but obviously the Ninja Warriors has a lot more depth to it since all of the characters are unique and have their own strengths mm -hmm. and weaknesses that aren't just like oh you move slower or anything like that it's just like you know like ninja can't jump so you have to find different ways on getting in on your enemies so they gave him this cool dash maneuver he has that he can like launch combos off of and that shit feels real good and like Kamaitachi, he can't throw enemies but he can like but like when he crawls on the ground literally nothing can hit him and he can just get in and he's just a walking fuck oh. he's just a walking fucking hitbox <laughs> like you, if you just like start attacking with this dude, like he's just a walking hitbox. But again, he can't throw very well, so he's gonna have a lot of problems with some later bosses. So you've got to kind of learn how to use his throws effectively. Um, and uh, luckily, the game does have an in-game manual that tells you all the ins and outs of every character. Uh, that way, and they're not hard to learn. Like there's no like fighting game inputs or anything like that. It's all just like the timing of when you press left or right while you're attacking, uh, or just, like, grabbing an enemy and then pressing, uh, you know, up or down when you attack. Like, it's all simple stuff like that, but just, like, knowing your complete movesets per character will, like, aid you a lot in how you approach boss fights, and, like, you've got to learn how, like, you've got to learn how to block. Like, you cannot play this game and not learn how to block, and you can block in the air! So, keep that in mind. Um... Like, there's not a lot I can complain about. Like, this is just, like, everything I could have wanted out of an updated version of that fantastic SNES game. Um, there's, like, one or two enemy types and a boss that I know kind of read your input. And that can mm. feel kind of poopy at times. Because I, I, input reading just feels bad. Man, yeah. sorry. It just never feels like... It, does, it never feels like a legitimate challenge. So, um, but, I mean, other than that, like... I've had nothing but a goddamn blast playing this game. I think I've got another 10 or so hours in this game uh, with, with, you know, more 1ccs and maybe trying to finish hard mode because, my God, is hard mode <laughs> really fucking hard, you all. <laughs> you guys, it's really hard. Holly, <laughs> um, I, I looked up the fifth character he's ridiculous that looks so good. Yeah. Um, that, I, I want to buy the game now. That looks so good. It it feels so good to have that much power at your control. And yeah, it yeah. is it is ridiculous. <laughs> and they still are able to make the game challenging for him, which is so weird to me. Um, but yeah, um, th this game is everything, like I said, everything I could have wanted in an upgrade. Like, if you told me back when I played this game back in 95 that, like, you know, almost 20 years later I'd be playing a cooler version of it, they gotta be like, man, I can't wait to be 40 years old. Because <laughs> this game fucking rocks. Like, it, it, it just... awesome. This game feels incredible to play. Like, there are so many really good design decisions made around just making everything you do feel really good. Like, mm -hmm. you, are, you are just so powerful. 
Um, like, you, just the way you pick things up and throw them around, and you're just constantly, like, hurling enemies into one another and into various background objects. Like, I think the only real complaint I could make about the game, and I would make it about the original, too, is I feel it could probably have been one stage shorter. Because I think, like, I kind of had a moment on Twitter earlier where I was just like, you know what? Beat-em-ups don't need to be an hour long. <laughs> Um, and this game or gets, ninety minutes, or yeah, ninety minutes, as the case may be, with uh, Streets of Rage four. Uh, but this game can't will run up to about an hour, uh, and I mm. think they could have taken out one stage and been fine. Like one of the stages is just kind of like, er, this was kind of a bit of a throwaway. I don't know that we needed this one, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Uh, that, but the Ninja Saviors, like, it's on Switch, it's on PS4. I waited forever for this thing to come to PC, because Wild Guns Reloaded literally came out on PC, like, day and date with all of the console versions. So I don't know mm-hmm. why this never made it to PC. Um, that, yeah, and then somebody got it for me for Christmas last year, and I was just like, okay, because they knew that I was waiting, and I, I think that they saw that, like, yeah, you're, you're never getting that game if you just keep waiting. So... <laughs> So yeah, PS4 and Switch, if you want like some damn solid beat-em-up action that just feels real good and makes you feel real good at the video game because you gotta learn your character. You gotta you, you, you gotta learn to play it. You gotta play it. And you gotta play it like Dark Souls. You gotta learn to play it right. <laughs> the only way to play the video game. <laughs> any game isn't it wild how any game that makes you like Learn how to pl- learn how to die, and then learn how to play it, and then fail sometimes, and then do something again. Is just like Dark Souls. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like how. Well, I mean, it's just like how Persona Five literally invented every good idea for RPGs. You know, Dark Souls I literally, mean, re- you know, revolutionized action games. Oh yeah, I mean, before the world, go ahead. the world was very cool before, but then Persona Five came out and introduced the color red, and it yeah, changed like, everything. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Like, finally, blood had a color. I know, right? Like, what's this pussy-ass Rampa shit? It was pink. It was pink all along. <laughs> and then Persona 5 came along and said, No, what are you doing? This is such a dumb joke. I love this dumb joke. Yep. <laughs> I'll always love Persona 5 invented everything. Yep. <laughs> Bellatio. Dicks. Bellatio. <laughs> Bellatio. I heard you. I know. I'm just saying. I like doing it. Should I put that like out there? <clears throat> Should I put that out there? I probably. I like saying fellatio is what I mean. Yeah. That's definitely what you meant. Yeah, exactly. What else can I have possibly meant by saying I just like doing it (laughs) after the word after the word fellatio? What could I have possibly meant? I came back at a good time. You're talking about fellatio. (laughs) I noticed in the chat and here the fellatio ratio. The fellatio. It's a good word. Fellatio is a good word. I've stood by. That has been my number one. That has been the number one agenda on my platform for years. Is that fellatio is a good word? I think that if, if anybody post a knows me, job on Twitter, wait, no, <laughs> please, please, what? If you post a blowjob picture on Twitter, do you get a fellatio ratio? 
God, man, having a podcast is too good. Who gave us this power? We took it. Oh, man. Oh, alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Fellatio. <laughs> Relations. Okay. So. That's the reason that one hit me. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> the way you said that one hit me. <laughs> Intonation. Intimate relations. <laughs> All right, John. Johnny, John, John. Johnny, John, John, John. Do you know Johnny is another word for penis? Dicks? Dicks! Fellatio. Bet you didn't know that. You know that now. Oh, oh, that segues nicely into my next segment. It does. Does it? Perfect. You're yeah. big. You're finally, the big John Byer segment about dicks. All I've right. been waiting. All right. We look. We needed to. We needed to update the saga a little bit. So I think we're gonna go into another um, after-hour section of the podcast here. I'm here. If y'all are, if y'all are down for that, are y'all down for I'm that? About to do this shit. What what is about to happen? <laughs> it's the, it's it's the next it's the next chapter in the saga, right? Are you up for that? Here is this a, we is this, go. This is a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> it's the after it's the after hour section. So, um, <laughs> I finished the seventh rants game. Do we need to give a contest? What? Do we need to give a contest oh, yeah. oh, warning yeah. here? To, I'm about to. I'm about all to right, talk. all right. Yeah. Um. So the rants games are just. Are, they're porn games from the 80s and 90s and they're stuffed to the brim with like rape jokes and rape porn yeah like that's just f- constant in these games yeah so like it's the tone like <laughs> <laughs> look chat agrees rance is good june says rance is good it, it resonates with it resonates with me i think these are like a long-running series of games with a bunch of continuity and like a specific sense of humor and a lot of really inventive RPG language um, that I connect with a lot. It's the ease of um, porn games. The ease of porn. This is the ease of porn games. It started like two years after Ease did, like, <laughs> and continued for as long. So I just want to. I'm. I and this is the. This is the. This was the last one, really. Oh yeah. This was Kichikuo Rants. This was the Brutal King Rants. This was 1996, and it was the last one for a long time. This was the game that Alisoft made because they thought they were going to go out of business. Mm-hmm. So they threw all their best ideas into that they were wanted to do in, in a Rance game into one big game. Mm-hmm. And then it became the best-selling arrow gay of all time. That's... For, like, man, they're, they're literally living the final fantasy here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was their final fantasy. Um, this it's a very different game from the previous Rance games because one, two, three, four, four point one, four point two. Um, I played seven in a row, seven Rances in a row because, like, obviously I'm gonna do that if I if I really connect with a thing, I'll play through seven RPGs in a row just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd have to be like bad. You'd have to basically be shit for me not to want to do that if you're yeah series. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. 
Um, so this is now non-canon because this was basically like literally we're just going to do everything. We're going to finish the series now. Mm. So that became a um, what if game basically. And then the then they did five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten over the next twenty years, and those games followed followed directly from four basically. Mm. Um, and all the subsequent games basically build off ideas from Kichikuo Rants. Mm. Like they introduced the kingdom, of, the magical kingdom of Zeth, and and Kichiko Rance. They introduced the kingdom of Japan in Kichiko Rance. <laughs> um, they um, did a bunch of stuff with Hellman, which had a big part in four, um, four and three. Like they, they, it was really just Hellman and Lizas in one and two, in one through four, and then they blew up the world even further to include Zeth and Japan and the demon world, like. Because that's the ultimate final conflict in this one. Right. And then Games Rant 6, 2004, is all about Zeph. They completely they just zeroed in on this one, like, basically chapter from Kichiko Rants and blew it up into a 40-hour first-person dungeon crawler RPG with a bunch of, with a bunch of story. Um, 7 is Sengoku Rants, which is the one that became really popular here. And it's in the same style as Kichiko Rants, except it all takes place in Japan. They took that one... Mm. section of Kichiko Rants and blew it up into a whole game that's beloved. Um, and then the final game, 10, in 2018 was, what if Rance becomes king of the world? And then <laughs> it's they, they're just doing that story again with even, yeah. like, the same conflict. But they just... They, this game is just, like, this cauldron of bubbling, vibrant story ideas for where this series can go. And then they just... It was so robust that they were able to spend like twenty years like fleshing them out mm. into their own games, which is just wild. Yeah, Rhett. Oh, when I said what earlier, when you said you had played the seventh Rance game, I thought you meant Rant Seven, not this one, because you're counting four point one and point two, I guess. Yes. So I okay. played one through Kichikuo. So there's still five through ten left, um, and. It's just it's 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 just wild because this unlike the previous ones it's not an RPG or an adventure game it is a grand strategy game like my touch point for this is the board game Risk because I have not played a lot of the I have not played these games um, it's it's not an SRPG no it's um, it is a grand strategy game yeah you're not controlling units on a map uh. you're controlling cities attacking other cities yeah. and then you're bashing your 2000 units into another 2000 units <laughs> and and if you if and then if you destroy them all then you con then you conquer that city for that turn and then you do a bunch of other stuff um the beatner says it's like the worst parts of sweet coden sweet coden does not do any anything interesting with its art strategy elements at all. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's fair, a fair comparison because Kichiko Rance is an actual like video game, um, that cares about being played. Um, so the, the thing is, is that it is a grand strategy game and it is extremely hard <laughs> because it's one of those games and the way those games work is that you fuck up in turn two and then the consequences happen in turn, you know, 14, you know, <laughs> 15 hours later. And then so, so it sucks. And, is it, yeah. 
is it hard because you've not really played a lot of these and you just weren't used to that kind of thing? Or is it just like yeah. a staple of the genre that they're ridiculously difficult? As I understand it, this is just kind of how these games work. Um, they're high stakes. It's, it's, it's the same with a lot of strategy games, too, is they're high stakes. They're, you're, you're thinking through your actions. And if you mess up, then there are consequent Then there's consequences to that. Um I get the impression that this game was built to be played on and off over like a year or two as you do a playthrough and, and it, and you fail and then you do a playthrough again a couple months later and you get way further and you figure out a couple of the more obtuse bits and progress the story along other ways. Um, and then maybe you don't quite get there and then you do it again and then you get the normal ending and then your friend tells you, Oh, if you do X, Y, Z, and then that triggers the true ending. You're like, Whoa, really? Um, so it's very dense. It's just big. I think actually exploring the, f the full possibility space of this game, um, on your own would take like a hundred hours. Um, it's, it's just massive. Yikes. Um, not, not in a bad way. Like it, it moves, it moves briskly mm. and the, every single area on the map. Um, every one of these countries and whatnot, they basically are like, I, I suspect that this probably isn't as robust as I don't know, romance of the three kingdoms or like the big co the other big Koei grand strategy games. Mm. I don't know. Cause I haven't touched them. <clears throat> um, I, there, there are ways that I was able to kind of break the game. Once I, I played it, I made two playthroughs, um, where I got pretty far without looking at guides, um, where I just kind of took my losses um, and then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I actually want to finish this. And then I looked at some guides to figure out their way through to the normal ending. Um, and there's a couple ways you can kind of break it that are like, oh, okay. So this is very, this is very doable. Um, but what's wild to, what's cool to me is that it's using the shape of this grand strategy RPG, grand strategy game as just like, we're going to have just 30 stories going on. Um, just a bunch of characters, a bunch of little arcs. Um, a bunch of them are like really cool and well done. There's some kind of big ideas with some of them. Um, none of them are like super fleshed out. None of them are going to be like a big VN catharsis at the end of them, but they're all cool and fun. Um, it's just constant, varied, fun story. It's like, oh, I'm going through here. I'm these di these ten these different towns have different little stories. This this one pulls from this character from the from Rants Three. This one pulls from this character from Rants Two. This one is a new character, and they're they have this relationship, and they just get all of these dynamics across in like brief cutscenes at the start of turns or when you do a when you conquer a city. Um, and like they have a bunch of little systems going on. It's not too hard to kind of get your hand handle on it. Um, and then once you kind of f familiarize yourself with the systems, it just becomes this constant dynamic story <laughs> delivery mechanism where everything goes differently um, depending on choices you make um, at the end. When you game over, or when you beat the game, there's a tally of good ends and bad ends for different characters. Um, 
everybody has a unique uh, a bunch of the lady characters have unique good ends and bad <laughs> ends to be clear um and it's impossible to get all good ends for every character in one playthrough like oh. you're always picking and choosing not like consciously just through your actions your your the story is constantly like branching out um and it's just really cool it's just a really cool fun way to deliver all of these different stories and the the meat of the story is you conquering the human world and that's like very open-ended and you can tackle it a bunch of different ways and at the end you tackle the demon world which has been like very built up and is very intimidating um and it the the end game is basically like 10 different boss monsters with their own armies that all have their own story scenarios and you can maybe beat them just by attacking them. A lot of them are that like almost every scenario in the game has like four or five ways to complete it. Like the kingdom of Zeth has, has these towers around the capital that protect it from that protect it from armies attacking it. And then there's like three or four different ways. If you, if you recruit the leader of Zeth to your side, then he can, break down the capital if you get a special sword from this temple that can break through the thing um it's just like this constant network of different choices um all playing out in this very high stakes environment um with characters that i've grown to care about because it's these characters from the last six games um and it's just, June says, doesn't Rance 10 have the largest video game script ever? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's, it's just very, it's, it was very fun and cool to engage with starting out. Mm -hmm. And then it was very fun and cool to engage with and then play through to the normal ending this time. Because again, that end game boss gauntlet is so cool. Um, it's just like, 10 different monsters that all have their own like gimmick and story to them that's with a bunch of different like alternate solutions oh wow um it's very obtuse <clears throat> um I I played it closely and still just got to a point where I had no idea how to progress things and then I reverted to an earlier save and started <laughs> following a guide um but a guide isn't even just telling you here's what you do it's telling you you can do this or this or this or this. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't really move for move one of those kinds of games. Mm -mm. It's just, it's... It was very impressive. It made sense to me that this was, like, one of the... That this, this basically lit the world on fire over in... Lit, lit Japan on fire right. when it came out. And they kept selling it at like for, like, $80 until 10 years later. Wow. They were... At which point they made it freeware along with the entire rest of their back catalog. That is crazy. Yeah, so I've I've actually been playing all of these games legally. <laughs> that's 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 fucking cool. Yeah, it is. Um, the Rance never builds to big emotional catharsis. Oh moments. no! <laughs> like, does he? Go ahead. Does he build to something else? <laughs> <laughs> build to I, a I, climax or twelve. I really, I really like the, I really like the jokes and I really like the porn, and that's because I'm uh, degenerate. So I'm not. Okay. That that is why that is why I've marathoned all these super closely. I am not trying to sell anyone on these no, games. No, 
um, because the the jokes and the porn and the constant <laughs> rape stuff is imbued in its DNA throughout. Mm. Um, I, again, like the tone of it feels different from me from like something really gro from like I can think of some very grody VNs mm. um, where it's just like or again it it's. Like the way I I phrase, I phrased at one point where it's sort of like the whole world is a king scene, yeah, where where it's just like not real and jokey, um, which is offensive, of course, but, but it's, it gives it's, it a different. It's less offensive because I feel that it's not grounding itself in like a weird maybe horror reality that you would get from like some of those really grody VNs that you mentioned. Yeah, like Urubuchi VNs. Yeah. Like, yeah, like those, like those are reveling in yeah. trying to create a reality of yeah. their violence and then mm. getting off on it. Yeah, this is totally different. Yeah, whereas this is um just it's very it's very playful yeah with its gross porn <laughs> um and that's why I, I think that makes it pat more pa i think that's probably part of why it's pa so palatable to a larger audience mm. um so again not trying to push anyone towards these games because <laughs> it's a lot that that that's my takeaway from that's my takeaway with the porn and so it's the the end the the big takeaway here is that this is a series of RPGs and uh, and really a bun adventure game RPG strategy game like these constantly change up their vocabulary and how they and like how they do fighting how you play them that changes from game to game yeah. every game and it keeps doing that to up to now like six is a first person dungeon crawler um, seven is a grand strategy game. Eight is a top-down, like, quest-based dungeon crawler where the, the mate that's mostly focused on, like, side quests. Nine is an SRPG. <laughs> like, it, it it's constantly shifting up its vocabulary. Um, the outside of, like, maybe Kichikua Rants, I think of the first arc of the, the classic games, none of them are, like, really great or, like, solid as dungeon crawlers or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like, three and four... Almost all the fights are just basically trivially easy until like one end game fight that's really really hard, mm -hmm. um, and so it doesn't. It, it's not like oh here are these masterpiece video games. It's more like that. Here are these games that are interested in RPG language and adventure game language and video game language, and using it as a vehicle for just a bunch of very dumb goofy adventures um and they're and they're just going to pack every every bit of it and every scene of it with character interactions and story and jokes and that feels so different from a lot of old rpgs yeah like it's just a, almost a completely different vibe it feels oh, yeah. like like a, a like a modern indie game in a lot of ways where it's just focused on delivering those stories to you yeah um and then on top of that the story doesn't take itself seriously it's just it, it is just having fun with the adventures and the jokes and the porn yeah um and i, I it's just a vibe i really like <laughs> i really 
I'm really appreciating it. And I'm very excited that I have a bunch more games to play. So live that bliss. I'm glad that I I'm glad that I played it this way instead of like trying to follow like the chronological like the release not the like um oh I can skip this one because it's not canon I can yeah oh I should I can jump I'll just start at six or start at Sengoku I feel like these games benefit so much from their continuity and I feel like I've benefited a lot from just playing them the way that I have yeah um so that's that's the after hours corner um <laughs> probably won't be an update for a little bit. Um, so yeah, that honestly, that's it. The only other thing that I did was that I finished, um, DuckTales 2017 and oh. the finale absolutely knocked it out of the park. Oh, nice. oh, good. Yeah. Need to actually probably pick up Disney plus and watch that now. Yeah. DuckTales this, is, yeah. DuckTales is basically like Rants in the sense that it Thanks. is a vehicle for <laughs> delivering these fun adventures. Yes, exactly. It's so much porn. Oh, God, life is like a hurricane. <laughs> I mean, you know how ducks are about sex, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it should be illegal to have a podcast like this. Oh, man. <laughs> but but the... um, I, I will say, like... The, the a big hook in the final season is just a villain the main kind of central villain sort of defines themselves by not being a big super villain and by not liking adventures or silly things mm. um, and by being very pragmatic and competent oh instead that's fun and and it's sort of in the and that the way that character like def, sort of almost defines himself in opposition to the essence of the show in mm-hmm. the way that the big villains like Magicka and whatnot don't mm-hmm. was very juicy and I really enjoyed how that played out in the finale. Um, I'm very satisfied with how it wrapped up. I think it was they they kept pulling in fun Disney afternoon stuff right up to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they can tell you just how completely in love they are with the whole canon and the comics. Yeah. Um, and like again this isn't one to watch for you know big uh, a a serial anime that builds one big story over um a season this is just a bunch of really good episodes and then a handful of nice threads that develop throughout that Mm. um and just every frame of it is full of joy You like to hear that. You like to hear that coming out of something Disney related, seeing as how Disney seems like the most soulless bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're yeah, like, like don't people... worry, this'll never happen again. Yeah. Oh yeah, like this is probably just the most ridiculously like one off thing we're gonna see for the next five years. Five yeah, years? You're being so generous. I'm trying to be a I'm trying to be more of an optimist these days. Disney Plus is like we are making MCU content and that's it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's so dreary. Uh. Um, the only Disney things I've engaged with for the last year were DuckTales 2017 and Tangled the series, and mm. I love both of them. It's the, there there are part there have to be parts of the canon, parts of the the machine that are less scrutinized and less 
under the thumb yeah. of yeah. the of the of the corporate overlords where they're somehow allowed to squeeze in actual art in around the edges. Yeah. Yeah. And those are where I've had fun. Nice. So Rhett. Oh what right. you <laughs> forgot it was my me up next. How do you how do you follow that up? Gosh, I forgot what I was going to follow. Um, <laughs> I've also been watching some anime lately. Hey, imagine that. Um, so I mentioned to you guys earlier how, like, a lot of the games I've been playing are, like, sequels or, like, spiritual successors or just, you know, follow-ups. Mm-hmm. And then I accidentally did the exact same thing with anime. Oh. Just going back to pure comfort level, huh? Well, it was just... Okay, so... I'll start one that I finished last night. So a couple days ago, I loaded up Netflix. Mm-hmm. And for me, Netflix is always... You look around for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You maybe add something to your wish list and you go, I'll watch that later. And then later never comes. Yeah. And then I've noticed my wish list... Not wish list, but like, watch later. It gets a little shorter over time because stuff stuff will leave Netflix. Rhett, we got somebody talking about the Project M33 boss in chat right now. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, Hexavod says, CRA3 from Project N3 is probably the only iconic boss in the N3 timeline if you're not counting FX and Ether's ship. Okay. I just, uh, thought that's the wildest, weirdest thing I've seen pop up in chat before. <laughs> Thank you, though. I, I love that boss. <laughs> yeah, it's a great boss. Yeah. I think I think, iconic, I think you have a lot of iconic time. I, I yeah, think, like, I think all the crab bosses are my favorite. <laughs> all the crab. No, I like, I like the, the rival fight in three. Mm. I thought the rival fight was two. Oh, there's there's both the games. Yeah, actually. both games. Yeah. <laughs> I I like every boss in, in three three. Anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry that that jumped out at me in chat, and yeah. it's just like I gotta call that out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, so I'm browsing Netflix, usually never actually end up watching anything, and then I saw, oh, Beastars Season 2 is up. Mm-hmm. I'll watch that. And I actually did. Oh, oh tell me about this. I'm still I'm still kind of interested in this um, Okay, series. are you? Okay, I will just yeah. be real upfront here. Okay. Season, season 2 had two moments that made me think, hmm, John would like this. <laughs> just, just, just things that are in there. Should I just say what they are? Okay, yes, please. Um, I'm listening. One of them in season two is gigantic, extremely intimidating snake woman. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is a, this is a John Jam. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is extremely homoerotic vor scene. <laughs> oh, lord. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is... Got a brand here, you got this a brand. Is a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Beast. I don't have a ton to say about it. I kind of want to blast through some stuff quickly. But yeah, Star season two, you know, it's a follow up to the original. It's. I don't think I liked it as much as season one because they kind of lay off the romance element a bit much mm-hmm. in this one. Like the rabbit is not nearly in it as much. It really focuses on the two guy characters and like the past that they're going through. They literally do like a whole like. Path of Light, Path of Darkness story arc for both of them. And it resolves in a pretty cool way, though. And, like, they follow up some stuff that was left hanging at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. 
and then there's not not a whole lot actually kind of up in the air at the end of this one so it feels fairly like complete even though i think the manga did keep going and i think i heard saw like people actually really hated the ending of the manga <laughs> like there were some cheap cop-out solutions to things mm. but this is a show I never thought I'd be into, but I'm like, would still be here to watch, you know. Yeah, I, I did not see this being the thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just really well made. Like, the animation, it's CG animated, and they have these, the furry characters. Mm -hmm. Just, they give them such good, distinct faces. I, like, keep getting it I keep getting it mixed up with Brand New Animal. Yeah. No, Yeah. Brand New Animal was the trigger one. This is the yeah. CG animated one. Yeah. I forget what studio. They did the... Uh... Go ahead. No, I was just saying that. Were you going to say? No, oh. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> oh, sorry. Like, they are kind of... The studio that's doing it is, like, top of the line as far as, like, CG animated stuff right now. Mm -hmm. Like, because most... Like, Netflix has a ton of, like, CG animated anime and people, like, universally it, hate it. It looks real bad. And the yeah. stories aren't and, very good. Yeah. But everyone, like, universally loves this studio. Yeah. Like, the show is just so fucking sharp, sharp looking and well-directed. And, like, the fact that they are giving these animal faces, like, so much character and personality and, like, recognizability. Because, like, there will be, like, multiple characters of the same species and they all look different. But they all are recognizable as, like, wolves or whatever they are. And it seems like such a hard thing to do. Like, the character design is just so good. And like the main, the main red deer, Rui, is just—he's extremely cool. And I don't say that about many male characters, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of very many. Like, if I had to name like five male characters that Rhett likes or be shot in the head, I'd be dead. He'd <laughs> be. <laughs> so yeah, this was just a show I kind of—I mean, it's only twelve episodes, so I did it in like mm -hmm. three or four nights. Mm -hmm. It was just like, yeah, had a good time with it. But season one ended on a much bigger kind of dramatic arc. Mm. And that always counts a lot for me. Yeah. Um, I also watched Zombieland Saga season two, finally. I, rem I thought you didn't like the second season. Well, I, I put it down until it finished airing because oh, I was watching right. it. Like I started it watching it week to week. Mm -hmm. And the first like five or six episodes were either not good like, I really still kind of not don't like the direction they went in at the very start, where just, like, they kind of hit the reset button, uh, and that was a bummer. <laughs> which, yeah. Which is not great. And then, like, the the story arcs they do for the first couple episodes are, like, focused on characters that already got attention in season one. Mm. It's like they do, you know, a Lily episode. They do a Junko and I episode. They do a Saki episode. Mm. And, like, most of them I was feeling were kind of inferior to what they had done in season one on top of that. So I was just like, I'm just going to put this down for a bit. So the mm. show finished. I watched the second half and I think it picked up a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I still would still also say preferred season one, mm. but mm -hmm. this one definitely won me over by the end. Mm. Cause like they do, they do arcs for characters that didn't get oh, much focus in season one. They do one that's like, set a hundred years ago. Oh. Huh. Because there's, there's zombies, and one of them it was very old when she 
or not very old when she died, but she died a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do a story arc for her, and it's like in feudal Japan because I think it's like eighteen eighties or so. Yeah, there there is they do expand the zombie lon saga lore a lot in this one, and it's pretty fucking wild. <laughs> so so there's, it's not like a horse girl anime. They do dig into the lore. I mean, the lore is that I mean I'm not gonna say, but it's like you didn't know why they were zombies before, besides the fact that they died, but you don't know how they came back to life and they give kind of a half answer to that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So it's not like entirely a mystery anymore, but it's like it's still very strange, right? Because it's it's basically magic. There's <laughs> magic in this world, yeah. And then, so the final arc just ends with just the last episode. Just is like an idol concert. <laughs> oh, good, my favorite. <laughs> of course, the well for me it was like, you know, season one was an idol show. This one's really not much of an idol show. Because, like, there haven't been that many musical performances, and then the last episode has just three in a row. It's just oh. like, if this is what you're here for, fucking you're feasting right now. It's just, what if we just animated an entire concert, basically? So it's very good. Mm. I was, like, so down for that. And then the last, like, five seconds <laughs> is this insane season three tease. Oh, God. <clears throat> Hmm. Cucked out of an ending. So the story is not over. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it it ends like the season two arc ends, right? And you're everybody's happy, and then a thing happens, and then you're Im- immediately going, "What the f- what?" So they tra- <laughs> so they trails SCU. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. I hope they do a continuation and it'll probably take like two or three years like it did last time. Mm. <laughs> if they... It's to the nature of when they announce, if they announce the next season that they have to kind of reveal what it's going to be based yeah. on what had just happened, that people who don't watch the show are going to be extremely confused <laughs> if they go in the direction that I'm thinking it's going to go. Mm. Gotcha. Uh, and then the last anime... I'm. I think I'm going in the backwards order that I actually watched them. The first thing that got me back into watching anime is not an anime at all. It's uh, Thunderbolt Fantasy Season oh, 3. right. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. So unfortunately, there is another trend here where I didn't like it as much as Season 2. Oh. <laughs> like all the... Because Season 2 just... I don't know. It just hit just the right spot for me, where it was just a little bit more dramatic, a little bit more unpredictable. Because mm-hmm. well, season, I still, wa- I still haven't watched that one, so that's still I know for me. Cool. Because se- season one was like the very kind of straightforward fantasy fairy tale, where it's like they spend like half the show collecting party members, and then they like have the very the big three step, like here's how we get to the final boss, yeah, his tower, mm-hmm. and then it kind of subverts that a bit at the end. But it's mm. like you kind of they kind of lay out how things are going to go and then they stick to it for the most part. And then season two is kind of chaos and like factions and characters betrays and stuff. It's very oh. fun. Season three is a lot of, hey, everyone is back. Everyone that survived is back. Oh, and like it brings in characters from the movies that are also. So it's like it's a big whole thing now. But I don't like the whole 
premise location wise a lot of it takes place in like what is it called like the void junction and they have these mirrors that can like teleport them around the universe so like distance doesn't exist anymore mm. and it just kind of feels a little cheap mm. okay but then they also do things like travel to the past or travel to the end of time. So there are some far- fun things that they do with it. Mm-hmm. But it largely feels like a way to kind of condense the world a little bit so we don't it, have it, to do much traveling or kind of showing more of the world. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's, <laughs> there definitely feel like there are less sets in this one. And, like, a whole, the whole big thing in Season 2 is that they basically travel to the other side of China. Yeah. And like, there's this huge mountain range that's like controlled by demons that makes, that's supposed to make it un- uncrossable. And then they do, they cross over and it's a huge thing. And then now they're just teleporting back and forth. Like, like nothing. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, okay, fine. Cause they had to be able to do that to get back to some locations from the first half. But mm-hmm. it, it feels like a cop out for sure. Gotcha. And then the opening animation so transparently shows what the final boss is going to be. Oh. And then I think that fight kind of didn't li- live up to that hype, hype either. Mm. But it's a good time. Like, I will definitely keep watching. And I feel like there's a chance that season four seems to be building towards a finale now. Oh. Which is not something I had ever thought about for the series because the way season one reveal itself at the end of like what the main character is trying to do mm-hmm. was basically a setup for infinite stories. Mm. Yeah. That was, that was the vibe I got. Yeah. So like they, they, so in two seasons they've gone to like, Oh, you could just tell infant stories with this premise to, okay, here's what the end game starts to look like, which is fine. Like I could deal with, I think four seasons would be four or five. Sounds like a good fit for it. Mm-hmm. So that's the, animated programs I've been watching. Also, the puppetry is still still just kind of amazing, like, what they do with well, those I'm things. I'm glad they've kept that up, because, like, I know, like, if they're cutting down on sets, you have to think, like, maybe they're cutting yeah. anywhere else, because maybe it's, like, somebody's like, okay, maybe the show has run its course, and we're kind of giving them less production money mm-hmm. or something, so you kind of hope that at least the puppetry yeah. stays on course, right? Like, I haven't, since it's been a bit since I watched the other seasons, I can't, like, immediately compare them in my mind, but it's still, like, it's fascinating. It's so wild what they do. Like mm. it's just so pretty. Mm. It's so pretty. Cool. So, yeah, Thunderbolt Thanks for the update there. It's still very cool. Cool. You said watch season yeah. two, then watch the movies. There, uh, the movies are weird because I don't think the release order is the best fit for them. Oh, excellent. Okay. So, like, I would say season one first is the most important thing, though, because of the mm-hmm. reveal at the end of what. Chong is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Then the sec, the first, so there's a season one movie that's weird because it's two stories. The first half is a flashback about characters from season one. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is a jokey recap of season one. So like that one is fine watching it next, mm-hmm. but then there's season two. And then the season two movie takes place before anything else. Like the season two movie oh. is the start. So I think, and there's characters in that that then continue on to be in season two. So I'm like, kind of feel like I should have watched that one first. Okay, but, so the season two movie might be need to be before season two? That's, yeah. Like, I think what? either order would work. I did it the other way because that's just how they were re- re- were released. Okay, cool. Well, 
I don't think one will ruin the other for you either way you watch it. Cool. That makes sense to me. Yep. And then season three is obviously kind of the latest thing now because it brings in all those characters. I wonder if they're going to do a season three movie because that seems to kind of be the rhythm they've been in. But that's for another day because this just finished airing. Mm. So there's definitely nothing else out yet. Mm. Polly! Okay, I've got two big ones. Give me your big one. <laughs> Rat. Give it to me. <laughs> I was just gonna let. I was just gonna sit there and let. I've got two big ones land, but it's like Rhett went, man. You went whole hog on my big one. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> we have reached the end of a saga, ladies and gentlemen. I now live in a post Sympho Gear world. The hell Rhett's been in for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we reached the end of the saga. I watched Sympho Gear XV or 15? Is it XV or 15? I mean, it's definitely XV. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So look. I don't have to give you much setup for a Sympho Gear season <laughs> because Sympho Gear, like, when they hit season two, it's just like, look, here's the formula. We're going to give you your bad guys up front. Here it is. Yada, yada. Let's frame everything around that. Okay, good. <laughs> so, uh, we'll just kind of start getting into the bits and bobbles about the season then. Let's just get it going. <laughs> Though, um, see, I guess, like, this season, I guess, like, the best part is, is that the overall story and uh, the, the plot have way more room to breathe now. Huh, uh, okay. be because, uh, because, like, save for wrapping up, like, one character's own personal family drama, uh, this season doesn't have much need to kind of, like, slow down and address much in terms of, like, character development and backstories. Like, these characters uh. are fully fleshed out and developed now. Yeah, um, like we know what makes them tick. We know what drives them. So we ain't got to slow down or sidetrack. So we just kind of jump right in and get presented with what will be like the central point of conflict right up front, which is a group called the Noble Red Faction. And they're sort of like the remnants of the previous seasons of Bavarian Empire or uh, Bavarian Illuminati. Um mm -hmm. And we'll get into some bits and bobbles about how the entire fucking world history kind of works. So that's kind of like your main big dish here. Um, uh, you know, uh, again, it's kind of like, yo, you get like three interesting and cool antagonist characters uh, for the main characters to fight. And they do something really cool this season by turning your expectations on your ear about what these kind of encounters mean and what these types of antagonists mean, uh, have, have come to mean in this series because it's always just kind of been, oh, hey, super hard boss fight, uh, basically, where, you know, the characters are going to smash against each other. They're going to do a lot of cool moves. It's going to be a lot of rad stuff. And you get a lot of that. Like, that's all still going to happen. But there is a way that these new characters are kind of written and fit into this story um, and, and the way that they are that kind of flips that expectation that it really kind of made me like how they play out over the course of the season. There's a lot more 
um, I guess desperation uh, with these characters um, where um, it, it's just a dynamic that this series has not played with uh, with its antagonists before um, that I think is, is, is really 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 cool um, I guess but 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 like what these antagonists like, they may not be like the most threatening, I guess. Uh, like they're still they're still a threat, but I don't think that they're quite as threatening as some of the the, the, the crazy ass shit that we got, especially like in seasons three and four. Um, yeah, I guess I'd say that like what these characters are capable of setting into motion is like the biggest, most stakesy confrontation that this world and these characters have ever faced. Uh, so it's really exciting, um, and the way they tie together all of that with, like, these juicy emotional trump cards that they have, um, by pulling in, and pulling on certain, uh, strings, I guess, uh, certain, mm -hmm. char certain characters maybe being pulled into situations that we're not used to seeing pulled into, uh, and it makes the entire back half of the season feel like this weird, dangerous tightrope walk above a pit of absolute fucking tragedy. <laughs> um, that second half of the show that you watched in a single evening. I, when I got, like, I was just watching this in three episode bursts yeah. when I started. So when I got mm -hmm. to, like, the third night and I got to episode nine, I think, like, so I did, like, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then seven, eight, nine... I was yeah. just like, I, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go grab dinner. <laughs> and I think we just kind of have to fucking shotgun the rest of this because <laughs> you reach a point. At I know exactly where it was, too. You reach like... a point in this season where shit gets so real that it's just like, I don't want to wait to see how this plays out because this is the fucking wildest you've gotten with your stakes and I love it. Yeah. There's stakes this season. There's Finally. Oh my god, and it's such <laughs> it, it and it's it, it's so big and loud and like it's the kind of stakes that you've wanted this series to have and they're finally doing it. And that's kind of like I feel it like that's the theme with this this season in particular is like them just doing a bunch of shit that I've wanted them to do the whole time. And they're finally just letting loose and turning the volume up to 27. Yeah. It's so loud. everything. And again, because they don't have to spend time on anything else. The story is allowed to just breathe and not get pulled away from these big meaty parts that you're here for. Like, the stakes, um, the action, everything just keeps ramping up to these big, stupid, satisfying levels. Like, at all times, it's just a constant <laughs> ramp upward. Um, and, and it's just like, I the series has never reached like this before. Um, so, so like, when you get to the last half of that season, and it's doing all of these ridiculously crazy and stupid, fun, fantastic things, I was literally sitting there laughing the whole time at how big and ridiculous this show kept getting. <laughs> like, I feel that, like, it, like, if you're a fan of Simpo Gear, they're literally giving you everything they can. Aww. Like, like, if you've stuck it out to this point, <laughs> all five seasons, there are these just big, complete, fuck yes moments. <laughs> 
that they keep smacking you over the head with, and they land so damn well because they've spent five seasons, like, letting that anticipation build up. Um, and, and it just completely and confidently, like, sticks the landing on the climax and the conclusion. Like, they managed to get their big, over-the-top, fucking wild, bonkers, banana climax. <laughs> but they also get this nice, like, really understated and subtle moment that doesn't need words to resonate. Um, so, 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 like... I think you kind of have to say that, like, this is the best season of Sinfo Gear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, I... You feel the love in every frame of animation that is happening. You hear it in the actors and actresses who are putting everything into these performances that are just, like... It's it's operating on a level that this series has not either been able to or they just didn't think to. Like, it's mm-hmm. this stupidly loud and fantastic send-off that's just a loud and joyous, like, celebration of everything that the show has been and, like, what it stands for, like... Like, I don't understand being a Simple Gear fan and not liking what this did. Um, and because it was just out of the world. Like, like I would say that I'm like the 7 out of 10 Simple Gear fan. Uh-huh. Like, I, I would put this series mostly operating at a 7 out of 10 when I like mm-hmm. it. Which is like 3 and 4. And then the last season is literally like 9 out of 10 good for me. Like, it's just so... what Like, there's just utter joy in everything. And it comes through, like... Like, it's very similar to me with Danganronpa V3, where I really felt the people... Like, you feel the emotions of the people that put that together. Uh, at least I did. Yeah. Um, And when I watched this, I got the same thing. It's like, the people that wrote and are animating and acting this all love this thing so much that they're get, they are all putting a piece of themselves into it and it makes it feel that much more important and resonant. So kudos to Simple Gear. It's an incredible final season. Yes. It's just it's so much. Mm. I like there's the whole story about like every transformation was animated by one animator. Who, yes, that was that was their favorite character. So yep. they went wanted to do their animator their transformation. Uh, that's so nice. And, and 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 like I said, like the acting and and, and the mm-hmm. way that these characters, like like the way that these actresses were throwing themselves into these scenes, just way more than before. Just not caring about the fact that you might be shredding your vocal cords oh. for these performances. But it may like everybody putting everything that they had into that just makes this season land even more. Like, I don't know how they could have written a better uh, ending to this show. Um, like it, it, it's exactly as it needs to be. Everything is in its right place. I think it's just it's inexplicably a conclusion to everything that has come before. Even though the first three seasons seem so 
disconnected from each other really yeah. besides when they the started they... when they started kind of connecting the seasons a bit more with 3 4 and 5 yeah. is when i feel they finally got their legs under them and knew what to do with this series um, and that's really like where it resonates for me most. Like, I still don't look back at one and two and think that much of them, unfortunately. Oh, you liked one. Everyone's so mean to one. I look. I I equate one to that fun time. Like, it's a fun type of anime that you watch, and it's 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 not bad, but it's not a favorite. It has such two thousands energy. Yeah, it does. It does, and I think that like. Three, four, and five capture that energy even yeah. more, but they're a more like instead of just being a feeling from that time, it can feel mm-hmm. like a show that is actually from that time. I see. I think they're well, especially five is too well animated for that. Like it's so I'm, gorgeous. I'm talking more in terms of just the way know, the, the story plays out, mm-hmm. the, the the way that like because there's you know like I think you can look at a lot of shows, especially from like 2007 and 2008, they yeah. give you they give you a very specific feeling, and that is what XV gave me. Okay, I remember you specifically talking about how 2007 was just like a favorite anime year. Woo! for a Oh long yeah, time. it's a banger anime. of a year. 2007 is amazing. Yeah. There's just so much good shit from there, um, but yeah. I think the the thing about the season is like it still couldn't exist as it is without no. the previous ones, especially four. Yeah, because, it needs that because four was like, hey, we're gonna do character arcs for some of these characters that haven't gotten a lot yeah. of attention, so that we don't need to in the next season. Yeah, the, the fact that they don't need to put to pump the brakes and do much of that stuff. Yeah. Um, really let like, like it's the it's the one season where i felt like i didn't need three more episodes whereas cool. like three four and five i felt all needed two or three more episodes to kind of make everything work pacing wise yeah. whereas xv is just like it is a 13 episode bullet train it really is like i the way it starts out is like and the way the villains have to operate at start is like yeah we've got f- four seasons under our belt now you're dealing with level 99 Simpho Gears who have like gone through their character arcs. They're at yeah. the top of their game. Yeah. The the villains now, they have to cheat and play dirty to win. And, and it's a very I <laughs> love that that endeared that I, I would mm-hmm. like the the villains this season endeared themselves to me through needing to operate the way that they did. Basically yeah. almost fucking being jobbers to some degree. Yeah. They like, definitely are. Like be, but like it's fun because it makes the heroes not weak. Yeah, like, it. you finally get that moment where these characters are fully realized and confident in their abilities. There's no self-doubt anymore. So, like, yeah. the, and these characters need to be there for this show's conclusion and mm-hmm. what it is and what they're up against to work. Yeah. That's why everything works here. It's so, like, for me, the progression really does feel like 3, 4, and 5. That's where it all feels like it started yeah. to come together for me. One and two, I mm-hmm. just don't feel the build. I, it feels more concrete and focused, three, four, and five, leading up into this ultimate conclusion and these characters getting to where they needed to be in order to deal with what they need to deal with at the end of this show. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, I... I Put me in. I, I, I. You can call me a Symphogear Stan. I'll take it. 
would you, would you advise the audience to do the one thing I've wanted to say forever? Would you say you should watch Simple Gear? With the caveat that I think seasons one and two are not very good, and twenty okay, and, ask, okay. and asking somebody to watch twenty six episodes of anything until it gets mm. good is an ask. So that is a hard thing for me to say. Uh, I would I would have to recommend this show to somebody and explain to them that it ultimately gets where it's going, but you might need to struggle a little bit with those first two seasons. I think season one ends extremely well. But one ends me. extremely well. I like season yeah. two's climax. So it's not like those first two seasons are completely without merit. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. I just think that... yeah. In terms of being a complete package of each season being its own show, 3, 4, and 5 are heads and shoulders above 1 and 2. Okay. So that, I mean... I, I feel what you... I feel what you're, what you're saying yeah. about season 1, Rhett, where, like, I, I played season 1 where, like, I didn't love it, but, but like, the, the ways that it was... Even the ways that I didn't really... Even the ways it felt really messy were kind of endearing... Because yeah. it had, like, that kind of joyful, sloppy, we're just making cool shit that we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I it, it, it like, felt a little bit, like, Newgroundsy to me in a fun <laughs> way, or, like, webcomic-y. I think season five is, like, the same thing where it's, like, we're putting ourselves into this and making a show that we love, except we're extremely good at it now. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think season one and five are actually the most similar. I, I can actually see that. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I think that you've got that same kind of excitement. It's just with season five, it's honed to a level that we can take that excitement and we know how to wield it properly. It's just such a masterful execution. Oh, I would call XV nothing but masterful. Oh, I've waited so long for this. <laughs> like, I'm happy to have taken this I mean, journey. I, I, like, yeah. I am actually happy to have done I initially did it. Because I wanted to be able to appreciate a thing my best friend likes. Aww. I wanted to at least understand what he gets out of it. So the fact that I came out the other side of it actually just enjoying it myself is just, hey, another <laughs> cool thing that we have in common that we both like. Yay. <laughs> I think I said on game or Anime of the Decade that like season five was like 80% of my love for the show. <laughs> So at that point, I figured, like, okay, let's look at my scores on my anime list. So, like, 10, 8, 9, 8. Okay, so XV would have to be, like, 400 or so. <laughs> I think 400, 400 out of 10 would be about the score I'd give it. Mm. <laughs> I really like the last I, season. I, like, if I was to rewatch, like, I would actually probably rewatch season 5 again, like, very soon. Oh. Because I like it a lot. It's just a very good... <laughs> Like, where I feel that season four had these moments that felt very mm-hmm. Black Lagoon, it, like, just in terms of big action set pieces and being very loud, I would watch XV again for all of that again, because that shit's real fun. Yeah. It just starts and just doesn't really stop until it's done. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Like, you you told me the other day, like, or a couple of weeks ago, like, I'm not going to watch it in two days. And then you watch it in three. I literally watched I'm, it in three. So yeah. Close. Like I was, yeah. Like I realized that like going into that final evening, I was just like, man, I just kind of, I just like got... you did like three, three, seven. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, there's just, I, I didn't see any way to stop. 
Like, there was just no, like, when they hit me with what they hit me with at that, at the yeah. end of that run of episodes, it was just like, fuck, I can't stop here. <laughs> oh, give me one second because I want to look up something. Okay. Like, they do a thing with the naming of the episodes in, in season five yeah. that I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, in season one, this is what I'm looking up. Uh, Oh, it doesn't have the episode names. You got to be kidding me. Okay, I'm pretty sure in every season, like in season one, episode twelve, the second to last one is called Simple Gear. Simple Gear, yeah. And then I think I think the other seasons do that as well, where like episode twelve is named after the season. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then in in XV, episode eight, eight is named is XV. Na- so like that's the level they're at where they're at like the end game yeah by episode eight yeah like that's actually what like when i saw that episode's name i kind of thought that that's what they were going with too it's just like oh we've actually kind of pushed up the end game here we're going in yeah, yeah like because i noticed that naming scheme as well uh <laughs> they're going... just they're pushing their chips forward saying all in all in and these last like five episodes are going to blow your fucking wig back <laughs> yep <laughs> Episode 8 is so amazing. Oh, man, there's so much going on by that point. Oh, God. Because, like, it's it's hard to understate how much loud action is happening. Yeah. Because, like, almost every episode has two fights now. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's great. So, like, episode 8 starts with a huge, big thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole other six-member <laughs> fight at the back half. It's just, like, it just doesn't let up. <laughs> love it like noble red is funny because from like episodes two through five like the really start they get like more fights in than the illuminati does in the previous yeah. season yeah you watch season four now it's like the illuminati oh we don't have our fostros yet we have to retreat like they keep holding back the big fights mm-hmm. and this one they just immediately are fighting them like twice an episode yeah oh man yeah that's, that's that's good TV though. Good TV. Enjoy. I it. can't imagine watching this on TV and having to wait a week for each fucking episode. I was oh, trying boy. to put myself in the mindset, especially the back half of the season. They're just like, oh just my can't. fucking god! <laughs> I watched the entire show during the time between episodes twelve and thirteen aired. Woo! Because <laughs> basically, I watched the first six, the first six, mm-hmm. and then I realized. Oh my fucking god, 13 doesn't air for like five more days. Oh. So for the next like four days, I rewatched those first six and then I just <laughs> marathon the end. And I watched like 13 like an hour after it aired. Oh god. Like I timed it perfectly. That, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because I know people now that have been following this show since the beginning. Yeah. And they were go they were losing their mind while XV was airing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, but that. But again, it is a journey I'm glad I took. Happy to have done it. Came wow. out. I, I, my time investment was entirely worth it. It's uh, a pretty long show. I mean, as yeah. far as ones we watch, like I don't do the whole. I don't. 100. I don't watch those at all. So for me to put sixty episodes into something uh, says yeah. a lot. I think. I mean, I I, I saw an, a, a, a my anime list review because those are always funny of a dude <laughs> oh, no. that, that gave xv a one 
and, uh, and then com- and then complained about hate watching sixty five episodes of a series. I'm just like, dude, go go the fuck outside. Oh my! <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I looked at this the my anime list page for XV. Mm-hmm. I see the one the one out of ten review. The person has a fucking Sakura avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, John. That's so funny to me. Oh, that's so on point. Or I wasn't gonna ask Polly. Polly, does it feel like the heaven seal of Simpo Gear? <laughs> I, I don't. Even... I wouldn't know. Oh, okay. The, the person right below that review gave it a ten and has a Neptunia avatar. At I get that feels on point as well. That feels, yeah, that feels just so correct. on the nose. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, it's the soccer avatar is just so funny. And, oh, I did <laughs> not it. notice that when I saw that review. I was just, I, I was just so enthralled with somebody like wasting like 50 hours of their life to watch something they hate because they want to write a review about it. Like, dude, touch grass, please. <laughs> touch grass. <laughs> I'm glancing at their other reviews. They give a lot of ones, apparently. Yeah, I see. They seem to be just one of those fucking people. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Simpo Gear is good. Simpo, one of the Simpo, a member of the Simpo no, Gear haters. For other, for hater other shows, not not okay. just every season of Simpo Gear. Other shows. Yeah. All right. Simpo Gear is good, but we we have to move on now. The saga is okay. over. I, I live in a post Simpo Gear world. Uh, oh, we still got two. We hopefully, God willing, we'll have two more seasons to talk about on here. Maybe, maybe. Yep. We know how John is. Then it'll be over. John's very Don't good. Ever. John's very good at sticking with things. We know that, especially <laughs> from this episode. So it's true. I all right, all those arcade games. I got one more thing. Uh, I know that we're starting to run a little long here. I'll try to get through it as quickly as I can, but it's kind of a big thing because it's one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh man, like this is one of those things I've been waiting for. Oh for a long yeah, time. oh yeah. You, you gotta. We gotta luxuriate in this one, Polly. We gotta. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Oh no. Permission to luxuriate. All Permission right. to luxuriate granted. Yeah. All right. So I played a little game called World's End Club. This is a new game by uh, a new company called 2Q Game, 2K Games, which um, I have to say, on paper, they sound like a powerhouse production team. Uh, the, like, and on this game, we have some very big names. We have Kotaro Uchikoshi and Takumi Nazakawa writing and directing. Uh, now, uh, Takumi. Nozakawa has worked a lot with Kataru Uchikoshi as his co-director on a lot of other things, uh, including the Infinity Games. Uh, so they, they have a history together. But this also was supervised by Kazutaka Kodaka, who wrote and created the Danganronpa series. Mm. So, we have a relationship with those. So... You can imagine my excitement, one, when Kataru Uchikoshi and Kodaka both announced that they were creating a company together and that they were going to be making new games together. And you can imagine that excitement coming into World's End Club, a game that was actually halfway released last September on Apple Arcade. I'm gonna keep, I want you to keep that in mind. 
for now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so um, I have to actually spoil something about this game up front because if I don't, I can't talk about this game at all. Okay. Uh, okay. There's literally no way. It's something that is actually spoiled in the demo for the game. So if you play the demo, okay. you will be spoiled on this. So um, they set this game up initially as another death game. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Danganronpa 3 anime where they have the bracelets and the tasks. But they have... Open with this so far. But basically, everybody starts out the game. They have a bracelet with a task written on it that somebody else has to do in order to win the game. So, to win the game, that person has to find out what their task is, find out who has their task on their bracelet, and you can see how this kind of works now like you know like oh it'll be a death game where you have to you know where people are going to be offing each other that way they can find out what their task is so that they can go try to do their task basically uh it's a big fake out it's not a death game at all uh and you spend like the first hour of the game sort of doing this death game anyway because they're just tutorializing you on how the rest of the game works, because this game has platforming and moving your characters around. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of input delay in this video game. It's going to be a consistent problem throughout the course of me talking about it. So please keep in the back of your mind that this game is a little bit hard to play. This is Switch only, right? Uh, for now, it's it's Switch only, and okay. they and they released the back half of it on Apple Arcade as well. So oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I kind of get the feeling that this game was like halfway done, and they just released half of it because they needed to finance that because they needed because I think Apple paid them the money that they needed to finish the video game. So uh oh uh oh. So this game is not a death game. Uh, and I hate to sp- I, I hate spoiling things, but again, I can't talk about this game. I don't. This game is a road mm-hmm. trip, and oh. I like road trips. Oh. Road trips are fun. Um, uh, so this this is a game about twelve characters. They are a member. They are members of what they call the Go Getters Club, and they're just some kids that hang out. They're like in sixth, fifth grade. They're having fun. They do their thing. They're on a field trip, and their bus gets hit by a fucking meteor. Oh, <laughs> and then the main characters have ended up on the other side of Japan somehow, um, and Japan is also now completely abandoned for some reason, and they need to somehow get themselves back to Tokyo because that's where everything started, and they hope that by getting back to Tokyo, we can figure out what the fuck is going on. So it's this big, grand uh, road trip story about getting back to Tokyo, about living out the best years of our lives with our best friends and just having a good adventure. Um, and the game's kind of broken up into these stretches of little adventures through like various points of ghost town Japan. Um, and like all sorts of really silly and contrived adventures play out. Like, okay. the game sort of has like two different tones to it where there's this road trip adventure stuff where like wacky hijinks play out and like the tone of that uh it feels like a story that's being told to you rapid fire by a child that's making it up as he goes and he's really fucking excited about it um 
It's like, it's like, it's like and then we found, and then we found a bicycle that 12 people can all ride at once. And then we, and then we flew a spaceship to the robot factory. And everything in this game's story is contrived in that way in the road trip portion. Uh, and then there's like the more like serious tone stuff where we're sorting through why the world's abandoned, what's really going on. Uh, and there's some there, there's some sort of heavier things that are affecting the club that they're all sort of dealing with that sort of unwraps itself over time. So you have these two kinds of uh, uh, tones that maybe clash with one another and don't kind of meld as seamlessly together as maybe like, you know, like the, maybe the comedy moments in Danganronpa, but like it's still like a dark and serious story, right? So, um, but, we, but in this game, it feels a little more compartmentalized, where those parts don't necessarily always connect perfectly because of the way the story's being told. Uh, b b because it's a story built on contrivances. Um, yeah. I, I would equate this, the, the way this game's entire tone and the, the way that the characters interact, I would, I, I would equate it to like a, a Saturday a.m. Saturday a.m. Disney cartoon. Um, okay. and, and they nail like that, this. and they nail that tone really well. Like it, I, like and and the like, like like the visuals really get this point across. Like this game's got a really fun and unique and bright, joyful look to it. Uh, the music is fantastic. Uh, I love this fucking soundtrack. So all of that shit just kind of comes together and is creating this really interesting kind of set of tones that maybe they don't always work together. But they're still impressive, nonetheless. Um, and uh, like, like, like the story itself, it, it, I think it's fine for what it is. Like, I don't, I don't know that I think I hate it or anything. Definitely, like, I don't think it's gonna strike and hit as hard as anything. Like some of the heavier stuff, like in Zero Escape or I the Somnium Files, or even like Dong and Rampa's heavier moments, because this story just does not get that dark. Uh, it's not having to pull big dramatic moments out, you know, for like pulling characters out of the pit of despair or anything like that. Um, there is like darkness and there is sadness in this story, but it's not dwelled on in the same way because I think that it's for the fact that it's just like it's a bunch of 11 and 12 year old kids, you know, like, yeah, you know, they're doing 11 and 12 year old kids stuff and they kind of they're 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 malleable. They bounce. <laughs> they, they, they move back. They move through things pretty quick. <laughs> Um, I think the story maybe relies a bit too much on contrivance to write itself out of some pretty hefty plot holes at times, and maybe Oof. they weren't all the way thought out. Like, especially towards the end when they use the same plot twist three times in two hours. What? Uh. Oh, it kind of, it really just kind of like, they... It's, it was almost silly by the third time they did it. I was like, all right, who's, like, what's the third one that's going to do it? Come on, you too. And then it happened. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but again, it, it's a different kind of story. I can respect that it's lighter in tone. I can respect that maybe it's not going to have that same kind of fidelity. I kind of just wish it was maybe a little bit smarter, though. Because I think that, like, if you're trying to sell this story to kids... I think you're underestimate. I, I think the story maybe underestimates kids a little bit. Yeah, if, if I, that's kind of what it sounds like. Um, uh, I also think that this game did not need two endings, but I think that this is a result of the fact that, like, they like there there are two endings you can get. 
and you have to get you have to get the you have to get the, the bad ending in order to continue to the good ending because if you go the good ending route they just lock you out and just say nope you <laughs> you can't do this specific action even though your character is right there we're just not going to let you because you did not go click the flag on the other route. See, so it's a game where you have to see everything. Um, and I feel like the only reason they did this is because the Apple Arcade version only released in the game's first half. So they needed mm. they needed to create some kind of hook, and they created just a bad ending slash. Uh, cliffhanger uh, that is just really bad and nonsensical and it just it doesn't work I wish they would have just taken it out uh, mm. truthfully because it just doesn't work it's a non-ending and it makes that route feel entirely worthless uh, I wish they would have uh. just I wish that they would have just tied all of that stuff in and kept it as a linear narrative and just kept like and like yeah go ahead like there are points in the story where the characters need to split up and do something go ahead and make me see both parts of that but I don't need this visual novel conceit of like there being another ending or a route like we can do we can still keep it kinetic and make me see both sides of what happened um I just didn't need it to play out like this. Like, just because it's an, an Uchi Koshi game, I didn't need, like, a an almost flowchart, okay? Uh, but they give you one, and I, it just wasn't needed. Um, it seems like a running thread in a handful of VNs lately. Yeah. Just like, yeah. you know, we, you just don't really need this. And we can, just, we can just not. It's just like, and it's also just like, in an Uchi Koshi game, when it uses the timeline they always contextualize it somehow. Like, mm -hmm. he always finds a way to make it a part of the narrative that for why it makes sense. And there's just no effort to do that here because it's literally just video game wrong path that we're forcing you to take. Weird. Um, but other than the story, like, I, the characters and the interactions are, are fantastic. Like... They're, they're kids that largely act like kids reacting to a situation that's, like, much bigger than them. And the fact that the story doesn't get, like, Zero Escape, Danganronpa Dark kind of keeps it feeling pretty light and innocent for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I love all these characters. They're my children. <laughs> like, like <laughs> even if the overall story, like, stumbles and feels half-baked at the end, like, these characters feel nice and genuine, and they all contribute something that, like, makes the group and each other better as a whole. Uh, and it's just really positive about friendship like that and, and, and like, actually working shit out with your friends. And, and, like, you really do feel that these characters care for one another, and it's just really warm like that uh, the entire way. And I like oh. that. I, like, all of that stuff just lands for me. Like, there are, like, moments in the story where they just stop at campfires, and you can listen to the characters talk to one another and have these little one-off conversations. And it's all optional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Like, I, I liked everything about, like, just getting to spend all of this time with these characters. Um, uh, and, and, and even if the story doesn't quite land and stick, you, you know, like... I can at least still hold on to that stuff as a positive uh, 
in the experience. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> something that I cannot, uh, I cannot speak too highly of is again this game has gameplay. This is a two D platformer. This is a two D puzzle platformer. Uh, oh in, in so much that like some characters get special abilities and then like you use those to solve very rudimentary puzzles and it's all just in service of moving the narrative forward but all the gameplay one it feels incredibly bad because I, I not don't, a great start <laughs> I don't know I don't know how someone at some point didn't say y'all this input delay is really bad like mm -hmm. even undocked even when i'm playing in yeah. handheld mode i feel it feels like an entire half second for when i press the jump button for the character to jump so there are a lot of like annoying parts of this game that don't have to be this annoying but they are and it's just like timing based boss fights where you've got to like think like an entire half second ahead for when you have to press oh. the button it just ends up feeling bad man like anytime like the like you, you know they send you back to the the roadmap slash flow chart like in every every node on it's got like you know story scene story scene campfire action and anytime action came up i always kind of died inside a little bit knowing that i'd have to spend the next 45 minutes playing the video game um which is an unfortunate thing to have to say about a video game yeah um yeah and it, like most of this game is story i would say that this is like a 60 40 split mm -hmm. um and I've had a, well, I've had like two or three weeks away from it to kind of cool off a little <laughs> bit about being as angry uh -huh. as I was about having to play this game's gameplay. <laughs> and to be fair, there is an easy mode that you can turn on that does make some things easier. Uh, it makes them a little less annoying, like the enemies that you're dealing with won't be as aggressive or they'll just send out really stupid easy attacks that you can counter. So you can do that if you want. I was stupid and didn't because I have so <laughs> much pride as a gamer, I guess. Gamer pride. That I need to be <laughs> that I need to be good at the video game that feels really bad. I guess I just have to show it for some reason. Um another big pro gamer. Another big problem was, uh, and this is an issue that apparently literally got fixed while I was playing the game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, I get to the final boss. I've played through, like, an 80-minute segment of pure gameplay. Like, oh. they're making you do everything. Because, hey, like, you learn how to use all the characters' abilities. Use them all now. Um, so... I get there, I get to the final boss. It's a really good final boss sequence. Like, I really enjoyed oh. it. Despite the nice. fact, despite the fact that the controls were delayed and lagged, I had already gotten used to it enough by this point that I could play the final boss competently. <laughs> and it was fun. It was interesting. It fit. It worked for what it needed to be. I get to the final cutscene and the game fucking crashed. Oof. And the game crashed. Like, 
And the game auto-saves a lot. So, the issue... You assumed. I assumed, okay, I beat the final boss, I just go watch the scene afterward. So I go back, I load the game back up. It patches, by the way. The patch that released while my game crashed was the patch that solved this fucking crash problem, by the way. The game, like, literally was, like, I got a notification for this update literally while I was playing the final dungeon, and I was just like, huh, I wonder if that's important. Maybe oh I should God. update that. Nah, <laughs> let's not update. <laughs> So then I get the crash, the game fucking, uh, the game fucking updates. I go, and I, I go back to the node that says end because I assume that's where the ending's going to be. No, it's just the credits. There's no specific node on the timeline for me to just watch the ending, but they gave me credit for getting the true ending. Oh my god! So I got real mad. I turned the game mm. off and I did not play it for two days. I came back 48 hours later and I did the entire ending sequence again. Ugh. Praying the game did not fucking crash again. Thank for God it did not. And, and and then I get the ending. So yeah, I had to play the fucking entire ending of that game twice because they don't Oof. have a node to jump right to the ending. It just jumps you to the credits. And because it crashed while you're... Finishing it. Yeah. yeah. It was just absolutely... That's brutal, Polly. That's really rough. <laughs> just stunningly fucking terrible. I'm killing a bug on my stand. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> Eat shit, motherfucker. Your guts are now all over this thing of tissues. And now I'm scraping it into the floor. Okay. There you go. I see your little guts hanging around, my dude. You are so fucking dead. Holy shit. I killed you good, you piece of shit. Anyway. We are so mean to insects. I know, right? We just got a murder live on Twitch.tv. <laughs> the Nag Nagatoro. Gotta bully the insects. There you go. <laughs> so, like I said, I've had a little bit of time to cool down uh, mm -hmm. from my initial reactions to this game. Would I recommend it? I, 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 I love the characters. I love the art direction. The music fucking slaps. Go listen to this soundtrack, please. Um, the gameplay is a sore spot, but again, there is an easy mode, and they did just recently patch it, so I think they made uh, the, the the crash go away. Um, it's just really uneven. It's disappointing. I'd maybe buy it if it was half off or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, I'm going to buy it anyway because, you know, Kataru Uchikoshi, I'll buy everything that he releases no matter what. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, speaking of news. Yeah, that's a big one. I, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. That's yeah. going to be... It's so. It looks so fucking cool. Ah! I pre-ordered the $120 edition. Nice. <laughs> Um, but, like, if, if you like the idea of a fun road trip with interesting characters, and it's got hot jams and a really great visual style, and you don't mind the story maybe not sticking the landing entirely, and mm -hmm. that the gameplay 
maybe a bit of a slog. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not the kind of, it's not the finest work you would expect to come from the people behind this pedigree. it. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that they're aiming this game at a younger audience, which I have no issue with at all. Mm. Like, I was going to play it anyway. It's no big deal. But I feel like either, I don't know what went wrong here. Either it was un- overscoped and they had to pull back. Uh, either it was intentionally made to be this way because they were making it for the younger set. Or they just didn't know how to make, like, the kind of video game they wanted to make. Um, I don't know which is the problem here. Uh, I'm not going to call it bad. uh, Because I'm not going to play something for 16 hours if I absolutely don't like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then replay the ending. And then replay the fucking ending. Because I, I cared enough to want to know how it ended. And I cared enough to not just YouTube it. So... That says something. So, I will say that, yes, some things about this things, some things about this game do stick with me. Uh, I, I probably do like it in the end. Um, but I think I'm just really let down that it wasn't better than it is. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, that pedigree is just real yeah. strong, and then for it to be kind of mediocre at best. Yeah, it, it, it's just a bummer, you know, you, you know, like, hopefully, like, maybe they've learned some lessons from this, or something, um, but, yeah, like, it's, 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 it's got good ideas, it's got a lot of things about it that I do like, so ultimately I think that keeps me from really disliking it, because, like, again, these characters are really good, um, and, 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 and I will... I will stand that fucking soundtrack. It is so fucking good. Like, hey, that soundtrack has no excuse being in the game that it is in for being as good as it is. Um, and yeah, like, I really like the visual direction again. It's very, really eye-catching. Um, but I don't know how people are going to cosplay some of these characters. Holy crap. <laughs> some, I saw somebody talking about trying to get wigs made for some of these characters. I'm just like, oh, good fucking luck. That's those characters. The, 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 those hair, the, those hair dudes are fucking wild in that video game. Especially with that. Like this game's got an overjoyous use of color. Um, somebody was having fun when, when they were uh, putting together their vision for this game. So, um, yeah, like, this is what I'm, 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 I got complicated feelings on. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. I don't 100% love it or uh, want to sing its praises as an entire thing. But there's just a lot I do like about it that will probably, like, let it kind of, like, land positively anyway. Uh, in but the maybe end. not, but maybe not land on Game of the Year. It might not make it. I'm not. I'm never gonna be the one that makes the guarantee here. Like it might. Yeah. It might make it, but we've got half a year of stuff, and I there are other things currently that I'm looking to play that I'm pretty sure are gonna land a little better. Uh, so yeah, 
complicated feelings on that game, but ultimately I think I'll probably come away with it in a positive light. Just, it's not going to be anywhere near that Zero Escape, either Somnium Files, or Donnie yeah. Rampa pedigree at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's that. That's an episode. I guess cool. we're done. Uh, but, before we go, John Pyre. I have some something. I have some. You have. <laughs> you got some shit coming up, and I need you to tell us all mm-hmm. about it right here and right now. Tell us about all the exciting shit that you've got coming up, like, this week. Well, <laughs> so this Friday on the 23rd, um... I'm releasing a, a, a re-release of my RPG Maker game, Facets, um, and then a prequel novel mm-hmm. um, to the book Facets called Wayward. Yes! Um, I've been working on the novel for the last, like, nine months or so. I started in October. Um, and it's like the... I, I, I've had, like, six false starts with, like, Facets follow-ups because mm-hmm. that game got really stuck in my craw because I really like it a lot. Um, I I think it's really good. I wanted to um, do do something more in that world with those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wayward was the first one of those that actually like kind of lit a fire in me and got me wanting to continue with it. Um, and then I kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going. And then like a couple months ago, I was like, oh, fuck, I have a thing I really like. Um, basically, like, Facets was the RPG maker game I made about being government agents going into a girl's mind and brainwashing her mm-hmm. by killing all the different parts of her personality. And all of them are fun, tense boss fights. Yes! Um, and over the course of the game, it's revealed that um, she that she has a, had a girlfriend mm-hmm. um, who is Lacey. And so the prequel book is about how they met and about her girlfriend's story. Because that was not really detailed. We learn a lot about Alyssa in Facets, but we yeah. don't really learn much about her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wayward is Lacey's story, and it's also Alyssa's story. It's the story of how they met. Um, it's beefy, like this. It's not like I. Uh, it's not like a little, little tiny follow up. It's like as uh, like I worked as hard as it as I as I did on Facets as, as I did on our VNs. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it's really good, and I really like it a lot. I would. Um, I, I came away. Well, I, I've already read it. Spoilers, and I think it's really good too. Yay! Cool. Um. So because I made this extremely good, <laughs> um, book that I really like, um, I'm also doing a re-release of Facets, where I fixed a handful of little bugs that never were like major enough for me to care basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then adding a couple little other corrections and retunings, and then also adding an easy mode, basically, or prepared mode, prepared. as it is in the game. Um, where you start off, because in facets, you the only items you have for the bosses and for healing and for MP restoration are items you find in chests around the maps. Yeah. And they are very finite. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you can potentially get to the end of the game and not be able to win because yeah. you didn't, because you used your items too freely. Um, so that's sort of the, that's sort of the crux of it is that I wanted to make the book 
a little more accessible to friends. So I decided, all right, let's make facets a little more accessible to friends. Um, and so there's a prepared mode where you start with just a ton of extra healing items. So you're not really under a big resource crunch. Um, and there's active and wait options now. So you can set it to wait mode, which drastically slows down the fights. Cause I know that was a major issue for a lot of yep. folks is that the fights move very <laughs> fast. Cause I was like, I want to make RPG maker 2003 fights that are not boring to me. <laughs> and the way I, and the way yeah. I did that was to make it move extremely fast. And the enemies hit you really, really quick and hard um, and hard. So I was like, I want to make fun bosses. And that was, that was how I did it was really really hard 60 seconds 90 second bosses <laughs> um so now there's active and wait modes and um i'm also packing in maps oh nice. uh, the game maps with the game and a little notepad with some boss tips so basically like whatever part of this game is terrifying to you there's a <laughs> there's a little way around it now nice um i really liked so whether that's fighting the mean ATB bosses or the resource management stuff or navigating scary door mazes um, or all of the above. Mm. Whatever. Is there an in-universe explanation for the maps? The maps are, <laughs> no. They are separate. They're just a folder with the game. Okay. <laughs> like Sorry, we, we, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and there isn't one for active weight either. I just, just prepared mode I, I did a thing for. Mm. Um... um the maps are really pretty also because it's really fun looking at them this yeah. way because like, it looks like, oh, it looks like those pretty maps of like Fantasy Star 2 or whatnot I look look at from afar. <laughs> Just like Fantasy Star 2. Just like Fantasy it's Star exactly 2. like Fantasy Star look 2. At them from a, look at them from afar. Admire, never engage. The beautiful yep. maze of madness. <laughs> <laughs> um, only thing that I can't get around, only thing I can't get around is that this is um, upset, is that it's upsetting material. Yeah, like these these stories are essentially like a friend used a friend described the facets world as high fantasy conversion therapy. Yeah, oh boy. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's the gist of it. It's it's real rough. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and real queer, and will probably be extreme, especially rough if you're queer like me. Yep, yep. Um. But I, I I think it comes from a good place, and I think it's really good. Um, and I so I hope you give them a look. Come um, the twenty third, I'm gonna like I said, I'm dropping a re-release of facets that'll make it basically however you want to play it. You can now, mm-hmm. um, and then a thirty six k word prequel book um, that goes pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> in the way we talk about it on the podcast, I think. I'm pretty. I, I'm pretty fucking pleased. And where can everybody um, find all of these wonderful works, John Thayer? Well, you can go to my Twitter at twitter.com/farawaythayer, T-H-Y-E-R, or you can go to farawaytimes.itch.io. And we'll, we'll also be doing a big uh, promotional post for them on the front page of the site, so you won't miss it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um. Yeah, thanks a bunch for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rhett, the snake lady is easier. <laughs> Did you game over for her last night? 
I did, but then I fought her again, and then that time I beat her without even getting a single Vor attack off. So I was like, okay, I feel like if you average those together... That's fine. It's perfect. It's perfectly... It's now it's Because before, there was no way you could do it um, before she gets at least one yeah. one munch off. Munch. So now, <laughs> munch one. <laughs> Uh, so just, just you know, Red, if you want to take another look. I'm going to. I He's promise. Okay. I told Polly earlier. There's no Aww. way I can ignore it a second time. Yeah, that would be real, be real penis of you, Red. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Because, yeah, it, it's it's all much. Um, I, I, I don't regret releasing facets the way I did. I no. like that it was this monolith cursed hell game yeah. for a long time <laughs> like you released um, division exactly as you wanted to and the fact that you're going back and you're doing a, a, a revision of that does not take anything away from that at all mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very very um kindly ju- i just want to invite more i i feel like the people that were down completely down for that version yeah. of it and, and the old download is still going to stay on the site um, yeah. you'll still you can still download the original 1.0 version if you just yeah. want cursed hell game and then there's the um, game of the decade version and then there's and then there's this one that it just it's still hard and mean and cool and mm-hmm. i i've had multiple friends make rpgs that were inspired in part by the game design language and facets and that blows my mind it feels really cool that's really cool i i think mechanically it's like the most well, influential and probably and like the most inventive thing i've put out <laughs> Um, I'm still really fucking proud of it. And I'm really, and I feel that a big reason why I kept false starting with follow-ups is because I am so proud of facets that trying to follow it up was really scary directly. I was oh, worried yeah. I would like compromise the, the world I created there. And I don't think wayward does that. I, I, think, I can, um, I can definitely think of ways that it, like revisiting that world could have ended up kind of like, Urgh. Yeah. So so, and you avoided everything about that. So, yep. I just kind of, I I, I started the book after I read Mayakashi. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, so I, I was like deep in I was deep in Higarashi, and I was just like, okay, I what if we just go go for it? Specifically, that one for the mindset <laughs> yeah. it puts you in. It's definitely uh-huh. a little intimidating. Yeah. What if we, what if we um, just go for it? And I think I've also built up a reputation for um, being like kind of I don't know sadistic storytelling wise. I've had a couple times where friends were like, Haha, "John likes messed up shit," and I'm like, "No, I just like stories." Yeah, um, yeah, I think that that's sort of the thing. It's just like, yeah, I know that we have a rapport around here that like, mm-hmm. oh man, John likes fucked up things, ha ha ha. And it's like, no, it's it, look, like we're his friends. We can make that joke, and we know it's coming from a fun place. Uh, and I think that sometimes familiar, Polly. I think that rapport comes. Uh, I, I think that rapport gets uh, misinterpreted sometimes. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like, but John's not a fucking weirdo. <laughs> No, yeah, I just I just like stories, and I think that um, the ways that Wayward like is really biting and mean are gonna be kind of are probably expected. Yeah, and but I think the ways that it's um, also very 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 sweet mm. um, will probably be less so. And I'm very proud of those parts in particular because I think it represents sort of me stretching a bit on the kinds of stories I, I have the capacity to tell. Yeah. <sighs> At least without the help of a 
super rad co-author. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> All right, that's it. I, I'm really pleased with these. Um, I, I I feel like her lullaby and afterward, like, were these two really cool stories I'm extremely proud of, and then they came together to make something that was like basically had the emotional scope of like the kinds of stuff we regularly put on our yeah. body list basically yeah. i like reading through the novel myself i came through it like like a lot of that came through for me so yeah, yeah. like and i then, had a lot of I, those similar feelings yeah that's kind of how i feel here is like i think facets and wayward are both like smaller stories on their own and mm-hmm. then they kind of come together to create something like um very ambitious yeah. and cool. Yeah. So awesome. I'm very pleased. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for letting me. Thanks for inviting me to <laughs> babble more. Hey, it's always a pleasure to hear you babble, John. Okay. Right. Well, that's good because that we've done a lot of that in this podcast. So now that we know where the internet can find John Thayer on July 23rd, uh-huh. where can we find Rhett? Crunchyroll.com/slash/simplegear. <laughs> It's poly proof now. It's poly approved now. Yeah, we got two out of Excellent. three. It is almost. It is almost. 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 I'm not holding out. I'm not <laughs> You're not holding out. out not hold, he's not getting no, not getting his hope up on this one. The heavens feel betrayal is still too fresh. Oh yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Oh okay, and we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Thanks everybody for tuning in as always uh, remember to brush your teeth that's a good thing to do and remember we are the podcast that loved you we're the only ones that love you intonation <laughs> bringing a joke full circle there come on I'm a genius perfect <laughs> You're, you are of course a genius Yeah.